Check, check, one, two. Check. Good. One, check, one, two. Coming at you live. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I mean, I usually uh, do intros pre-recorded, but fuck it. This is sweet, dude. This is where we're... <laughs> this, this is a mic this, check, mic check uh, intro? This is the mic check intro. Okay. Where this is the redefining darkness death metal podcast dude i'm so i'm so excited man thanks for having me hey man thanks thanks for uh making me a part of this and and wanting to bring me out dude always man i always always do i'm always stoked on the shit you put out and like just to bring this like full circle like we're in cleveland right now and why this is so cool for me and because the first time i was ever in cleveland was to see Cannibal Corpse when I was like 12 years old. Oh, wow. And like, it was like my first death metal concert. I made my mom take me and it was my first time ever seeing Cannibal Corpse. What year was this? 2008. <laughs> okay. I'm 25, so, you know, it's like 12 years ago. Yeah. And, um, yeah, dude. And it, it was at Peabody's. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. Right. Peabody's. What a great venue that I worked was. there, yeah. You worked there? Uh-huh. That's so cool, man. Yeah. But, so for some reason, like, Pittsburgh especially when I was growing up now we're getting a little better but we never got death metal shows right or like anything like that like we would always have to come to Cleveland so right. I have a ton of like death metal memories in Cleveland it That's means it, like Cleveland means a lot to me <laughs> so like the fact that like we're here doing this and you guys have been you've been putting out some of my favorite music the past couple years and, oh thanks uh, man it's just is, it really means a lot so thank you very much man oh yeah again thank you um, yeah that's funny I think Cleveland was a, what you'd call like an A market for a long time. Yeah. Essentially, they got kind of all the big shows that any major city would get. So New York, Chicago, Cleveland was kind of on that map. Um, and I think it made sense uh, routing-wise, too. Right. Because obviously Cleveland, Detroit, close. Cleveland, Chicago, only six hours. Pittsburgh's kind of um, out of the way. Pittsburgh never, yeah. yeah. It, it was overlooked because you'd go Philly. Yeah. And then maybe Philly up to like Buffalo or Rochester and then maybe Cleveland. Sure. Um, that kind of thing and it's weird that Buffalo or Rochester would get shows before Pittsburgh would because I feel like all the even Cleveland all those cities are kind of similar in size yeah um, but yeah maybe it's just, I think it's more routing based maybe that would make sense but, especially um, if you're on a budget like most death metal bands are if not all death metal bands yeah but even yeah. just I'm talking like the guys like that like plan it like booking it yeah. Um, yeah so Cleveland was a market forever even when we when I was on tour um uh, Cleveland would always be on that A market list, and then all of a sudden we started not getting the shows after pretty much after kind of Peabody's went under. You know they'd build the House of Blues here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Agora wasn't functioning like it used to function because it used to function all the time. Uh, it's back now. King yeah. Diamond was there last night. It, it, AEG owns it, which is like a entity like Live Nation, this huge okay. entity. You know, um, so they restored the Agora, which is really cool because like the oldest. Um, it's an awesome place. venue. Yeah, it's a really, really yeah, cool place. Been there, so it's great. I saw Wu Tang there. Oh, you did? Ago, oh, yeah. You know, right. There. I was uh, I was in uh, Quebec City when that show happened, uh, or I was coming home that day or something. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. But the venue was cool. The I, venue's I don't, great. I haven't been in since the models, the remodels been like fully done. It's very nice. Yeah. yeah. Were you in before ever? Just in the, uh, this the is the ballroom. ballroom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got kicked out of there for being too drunk one time. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. It was, <laughs> it was when we were like, I think I was like fucking 18 or 19 or some shit. We were okay. just stupid. What it show was, was that? Uh, Bourbon Crew. 
Wednesday 13's acoustic project. Oh, okay. And it was like basically they're basically like outlaw country drinking songs and like unplugged. Oh, and gotcha. shit. So we like okay. felt like we had like an extra urge in us to uh, get hammered <laughs> at like Great Lakes and shit. We just so dude like yeah, I have so many fun memories in Cleveland nice. and, at that at that place and uh even the House of Blues, like we came up here to see uh we'd come here to see Summer Slaughter and shit. Oh, when they when okay. that was going because that would always come here. This year was the first year Summer Slaughter ever came to Pittsburgh. Oh, and wow. it was probably the worst lineup in my opinion. That's our luck, but you know. Yeah, it's I've not paid attention really. Uh, well, last year was it Black Dog and Abigail, or was I, that two years ago? That was two years, I think. I don't remember was what last two years year was. Already? I've been like I've been kind of not paying attention to it myself either, but yeah, I stopped years ago. I mean, I feel like they haven't done an actual death metal tour forever. Dude, but when but. the first time at the House of Blues Cleveland we saw it was uh, it was Flesh God and Dying Fetus, Black Dahlia headlined. Oh, nice! I mean, it was a really good bill. Oh, good. Yeah, and that, that was so that's a good, always that's a good, good death metal memories of the House of Blues and right. Yeah, man. I've seen a few good shows at this House of Blues. Um, when I grew up, though, it was the Agora. Yeah. Always had like the the big shows. I've seen Cradle Filth there. I've seen. Um, the Morbid Angel and At The Gates played there. I didn't see that show. I was 14. I couldn't go. It was like during the week, you know? Yeah. Uh, we, it's funny because I was just talking about it with a friend because it's like Slaughter of the Souls, like 25th anniversary or whatever. Just the other day, Or right? 24th. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like talking about that. But uh, all the messy Nile and Cannibal Corpse a million times That's at right. the Agora. Um, and then the Peabody's was actually, became my favorite venue because of the size. It was like Peabody's perfect... Group for like it was like a mid-sized venue it was like perfect for those in-between bands whereas I feel like the Foundry is great and it's run by great people but it's like so small Yeah. sometimes that's cool and endearing that you get to see like an awesome band like DSI I've seen DSI at the Foundry um, but sweet. Peabody's was almost more like um, appropriate I Definitely. think size wise so you know yeah. um, it had a smaller room too it didn't have two rooms right yeah, yeah I, I used to run bad. the Pirates Cove all the, that's what they call it the Pirates that's Cove right, the was Pirates on the side Cove, I, remember that I used to run that room all the time and I never I may have run sound in the front of house in the, in the large room maybe uh-huh. a, a couple times but I mostly did monitors um, in the main room and for those who don't know when you run monitors it's what the band hears on stage so I was essentially on the side of the stage on that board, um, working with the bands. So the cool part, I'd be working with the bands. Um, and because I had started doing that when I got off tour, I knew a lot of the bands coming through. So when I worked at Peabody's, it was almost like it was like reunions, you know, like you see friends like Sick. coming through. It was just like, it was, it was awesome, man. It was, it was a fun time. It's a cool so. local scene. Yeah, I mean, the local scene's always been it's... fairly strong. I mean, when I was growing up, it was strong. It goes in waves, I guess. Sure. But uh, it's really strong now, I would, I would is, say. Is it? Yeah, because Pittsburgh yeah. is just coming up, too. and I, I, I feel like, yeah, yours is huge, too. It's it's amazing. In fact, like yeah, before we get into, like, oh, the year about last yeah. night, I want, just wanted to give a shout-out real quick to uh, my friends at Steel and Bone Productions. You've probably seen them on my Instagram. They, oh, yeah. I followed they, them, yeah. Yeah, they're fucking great. They bring all kinds of awesome death metal, and they're really passionate about it. And uh, that was their anniversary show for their T-shirt company, uh, Pyra Press. Have you ever seen that? Pyra? Pyra, like funeral oh, pyre. pyre. Okay. That's who does this uh, Mortiferum shirt I'm wearing. Oh, I sweet. I bought it last night because it was so sick. But well, they great. did a great job. And they don't even do my shit, so I'm like, it's, not, <laughs> it's not a weird publicity, <laughs> like trying to sell you shit. They just are awesome. But um, 
So they had their anniversary show at the printing thing. Okay. So like the bands played like in like the print shop. Oh, that's sweet. And it was fucking packed and like everybody knew everybody. Nice. Like it was local. It was just like so much fun and it was like for like gruesome death metal. And yeah, it was right. just so beautiful to see it and it felt like I was at like an old school death metal show, which is like the best shit ever. So Yeah, like, those are always the best shows, man. Yeah, Stuff like that. Shout out to them. Thank you for that. We love you. And uh did, does Cleveland have a scene like that? Like a, that's what I was kind of getting at. Like, or was it when you were growing up? Anything like that? Yeah, you know? when I yeah. when I was coming up, I feel like um, maybe everyone had their own pockets, you know. Uh, yeah. Because Cleveland as a whole, so the populace of Cleveland is based on the city, and the messed up part about that is oh, excuse, my dryer just kicked out. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> oh, that's cool. you hear that. Um, a lot of other cities started adopting like greater, right? So like adopting like uh, counties or communities like just outside of the city limits, and it, you, like including that in their their population count. Cleveland okay. never did that. I'm not sure why, because if you look at Cleveland proper, you may only have like a hundred to three hundred thousand people, but when you look at Greater Cleveland, it's, it's an easy million. So um, great, Greater a huge Cleveland. Yeah, Jesus right. Christ. They never yeah. they never included it. And some cities do and some cities don't, so it's not even like a, a standardized thing federally. It's, yeah, kind, it's of kind of strange. Of <laughs> you think they would include that? Yeah. It would probably be better for us, but maybe maybe not. I don't know how all the politics work. But yeah. um So yeah, we're kind of like a what do they call that? A a big small city, you know, is kind of what we are. We're like a Chicago miniature. Yeah, you know, so you much. get the the feel of a big city with with the population of like very, similar, very small dude, yeah you guys are very similar, very similar. And your skyline's really beautiful coming in on the freeway yeah, and all too, that man. and cleveland gets a bad rap from pittsburgh's pittsburghians that no, never have visited oh really it's like yeah I, don't know, I guess it might be from like football sports or yeah stupid. right i don't pay attention to that shit but yeah. like it's probably from that but uh, the general consensus is from people that have never been to cleveland from pittsburgh like it's like shitty and like you know they don't like each other but like yeah. i've fucking love cleveland i think it's great and if you those are just clearly people who have never visited because it's pretty rad yeah maybe it's similar it might be the same i i don't know though i think people that i talk to here are more open and like people love going to pittsburgh because awesome. it is up and coming and yeah it's very much like us i think it's just nice to have something else two hours away like columbus cleveland or um pittsburgh uh, I wouldn't necessarily put Toledo in that, but maybe Detroit. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of up and coming small cities that um, there's a lot of cool stuff to do now and good places to eat and good places to drink and that kind of thing. So um, I think people like just having the access to another nice city close by. Probably. So the people I talk to at least um, always have great things to say about Pittsburgh. And I, well, I love cool. Pittsburgh. I haven't been there for a while, but I, yeah, I've well, always loved it. Always, anytime you're ever in the area, man, you yeah, never appreciate find that. me. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> I was so stoked just to like I guess we should set the background as like our relationship a little bit as um just getting back into when I started Death Comes Lifting I wanted to do a bunch of uh, music reviews just I thought it would just add value to the brand or just like for no other reason than just because I'm a huge fan right and just because like I've always read reviews and I loved writing and I just am nerdy and into that so I just wanted to do it yeah and um, the more I was like looking into like current like underground releases and shit i just would you know pick the ones i like and review them i just i didn't want to give any negative reviews and like you know really and talk shit on people i just wanted to like promote shit i like right and the i did a few and i'm like 
man, this is all from the same record label. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this is badass. This one's badass. Like, and mutilated by zombies. That's fucking badass. Because obviously, I'm a huge horror nut. So yeah. like, I love shit like that. And I'm like, these motherfuckers are out of Cleveland. I gotta reach out to them. I'm in Cleveland all the time. So then, you know, we've been pretty cool ever since then. Right. I've been kind of reviewing your shit and among other people. But uh, right. I've always, I've always uh. I totally appreciate this, man, and our relationship's pretty sweet. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. I, you know, Thanks, I, I need like twenty more of you out there to like, you know, uh, keep, we're keep trying. things going. We're trying, man. <laughs> we're trying. But uh, no, I've I've been fortunate to have a lot of support, um, especially from from you guys, like small guys coming up, um, and to watch Speaking even just your things. growth. Yeah, yeah from thanks. when you did start, um, and we started connecting online to like where you're at now, it's like a huge difference. Just your following, your presence, thanks, how many people are reading the reviews and sharing the reviews and those kind of things. So it's cool to see what you're doing growing. Thanks, Ben. And I just, you know, ideally, I mean, I have huge plans for the future of this whole thing. Like I said, I want to make this like an underground record label, right, do right. the whole thing, but also have the fitness thing on this keep coming up on the side. But I hope like. I can help people come up with me too. Right. And that's why, like, I want to do it because, like, it's almost weird in like the underground and like death metal and underground metal and shit. It's like it's cool because not everybody knows about it and right. it's kind of underground. You don't want to like fucking like prostitute it or right. like, try to make money off it or anything like right. that. But like, I just well, I walk that line. Like, I just really want to support and help out like the shit that I think is awesome. But um, most people don't get it. But like mm-hmm. it's for the people that do get it, you know what I mean? No, that's totally true. And I, I kind of came from the same way of thinking. And it's funny because I think I wasn't even thinking about this before you said it. But people ask like how I started the labels, and I kind of just jump right into a lot of the same reasons you talked about, mm-hmm. with a, a couple additional uh, reasons in there. But actually, I started writing reviews, and that's how I led to the label thing too oh, cool man yeah, yeah it's, it's weird because it was such a short somewhere. time but yeah it was kind of a weird, weird thing. part of the mind maybe <laughs> yeah yeah it's just kind of like even do that at all yeah yeah it's kind of strange <laughs> yeah i wrote for a that's cool a site in in the uk called all about the all about the rock and they're just cool guys and uh, just needed more help you know uh, the site was super uh, super professional and he had a lot of uh they were growing like exponentially at least over there um like their uh, site visitor count was always really high always growing and we always got good uh, we got like all the major stuff to review but then we got some underground stuff too mm-hmm. and he would try to pass me the stuff that he knew i'd most likely like i did have to write some negative reviews only because i think you know they needed someone to review these and uh I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, you kind of have to. But it's hard not to... It's all opinion, right? So yeah. it's all personal opinion. So it's not like what I'm saying is right. It's just how I felt about it. You right, know? that's And true. so instead of like shit-talking, I would try to be constructive mm-hmm. and say like what I thought... Try to be objective in what I thought was executed well, what I thought fans of that would like about it. And me just not being a fan of it, I, I just honestly could say like, you know, this really right. isn't my thing but you know you know blah 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 so i'm just just try to spin it so it wasn't super like shitty that's yeah that's cool and i i should probably do that more just so we have a more balanced like thing because all of this is shit we love and it's like this is awesome well yeah but But, it's easier to do that way and i i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think um i mean it depends what your platform is and what you're trying to do so i think i think you're fine 
Um, I think they were just trying to be all encompassing and cause they were doing rock stuff. You know, they were doing uh, super underground stuff too. So yeah, we'll do a little bit of everything. And um, yeah. I'm so musically diverse, just as a person that like I find something I like in everything. Like there are very few things I'm like this is like zero percent. Like cannot fuck with this at yeah, all. Like right. maybe like pop country music and shit. Like right. that's about like it. You know, like, there's some like, new hip hop that I just cannot get yeah, down with, man. Me either. Yeah, I feel old sometimes. It's rough but with all I, the auto tune and all that. Like I just can't do and it. They have the same beat. Like yeah, everything's the same. The same beat. Like yeah. Right. The there's snare there's a couple thing. new new cats that I think are really really good. Um, Ooh, like who who do you, who do you uh, listen to? Um, this dude, this dude, uh, D Smoke. Oh yeah, I know D Smoke. You do? Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. I was really impressed with that. Yeah, he's not bad. And it's different. It's like. He's doing, like a Kendrick Lamar, he's doing something different. You know? Yeah, yeah. So. That's cool. Do you know about uh, Griselda Records out of uh, Buffalo, Rochester area? No. Nah. So they're like, I think, I think Shady was, in it, like Eminem was kind of involved with them somehow, oh. or there's some, I, I'm t- I totally don't know that for sure, but okay. I think I remember somebody telling me that, but like, there are like these like five guys that like put out like really good hip hop EPs like all the time like they're super consistent they're like Westside Gun Benny the Butcher okay. uh, Conway the Machine they're like I'm not hip to any of it but yeah, I, I'll check like, it out really yeah for anybody that doesn't know it's really good hip hop and it's like really like fucking gangster and shit okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah it's pretty hardcore interesting and yeah so I feel like really cool when I listen to that but I'm really just a super nerd well you know I think I think. Um, you get the old school elitists, and uh, maybe this was more uh, the generation right before me, mm-hmm. because hip hop is obviously a very new thing. You know, obviously came from the eighties, nineties, really blew up in the nineties, but uh, early yeah. eighties, nineties. And I, I grew up with it, and so for me, it was a thing. Number one, because I grew up in a uh, majority like uh, African American neighborhood, and I was only one of the white, the only one of the few white kids in that neighborhood. So you just you know, your product of your environment sometimes, you know? So I got into hip hop first when I was like eight years old, you know? Um, But hip hop used to be extreme. It was like on the edge where now it's pop music. Right. It used to be hardcore. It used to be intense. Even, even, even the stuff that wasn't gangster, most of it was talking about some real shit or they were telling stories or like, it it was just like on the outskirts of, of like, um, what you consider popular music. It was, definitely not considered popular it wasn't played on the radio until you got to like the mc hammers and all that and whatever um so it was like metal where it was like this like cult thing and like only certain people listen to it and you know what i mean young young people obviously listen to it and they help grow it but when you talk about dudes before us like that'll make like 10 years older than me they don't get it because they didn't grow up with it they grew up with just your acdc and your REO speed wagons and all that yeah, where hip hop yeah. wasn't a thing and they weren't listening to soul music and they weren't listening to grand, you know grand funk or like uh, funkadelic and stuff maybe some of them but I think just the way we grew up you know you're even younger than me so you're probably even more open maybe I'm pretty open because I'm a musician and I just love everything but people my age probably are still even more jaded where I think your generation and younger are probably the most open of anyone I would hope so yeah I'd like to see it be more and more open yeah, I would like to see it too, and I would like to see kids take more of initiative to like seek out music rather than right. just have it spoon fed to them, processed. Well, I think we're getting there shit. finally. I think we are too. And, yeah, uh, it was actually really cool. The last uh, last week, I was in my local record shop, uh-huh. and this like teenage, like probably fifteen year old girl walks in and was basically just like, "Tell me what's up." 
like point me to like I like like Queen like my dad played me Queen before like that's cool but like I don't know like I like like kind of this I'm like more of a horror movie fan like you know we gave her like fucking Shout at the Devil by Molly oh nice yeah we gave her like a Slayer record and shit and it was like you know hooked her up and it was like really cool so like that like re-sparked my faith in youth right for a second so I would like to see more of that happening but well, what are your thoughts on like Apple Music and Spotify? Like, it's it's like you can find fucking anything on there. I so know. On one hand, like that's pretty cool, but on the other hand, it's there's a whole mess of problems that probably come with that. What do you think? I used that? to be super against it at first because that's like the inclination, like yeah. when you think you're getting cheated or an artist getting cheated. Um, and I'm an artist. Like I right was in bands before I ever did any of this. Like that's what led me here. Um, so just learning or knowing what I knew about it at the time, obviously thought it was a cool tool, um, but I never like I was not a Spotify user, I was not an Apple Music user. Um, I had iTunes of course on the computer because I was like, I I was the one that was like burning all my CDs into it, so like putting everything on hard drive. <laughs> right, we probably all were there at some yeah. point, right? Yeah, yeah. For um, sure. So my collection of my hard drives were huge, like always buying new hard drives to fit more and more music and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I was never uh, against digital music. I always thought that was convenient. I mean, I have the old school iPod still, like the 120 gig fat iPod. I still have one of those. It works. Like, yes. uh, I don't use it anymore, but relic. I yeah, but I haven't. Yeah. So I was like my best friend forever, you know. Um, I was even in mini discs before that. I don't know if you know what that is, but that was like What's the that? trend after CDs. It was supposed to become a thing. It wasn't a thing. Um, so yeah. I got into all the weird stuff too, but. Uh, but yeah, so with those streaming services, I just didn't like the the picture that was painted in like articles I was reading and like um, when big artists were complaining about not getting paid and like these things. And I just think it's a, it was such a new thing that they're still like navigating that and trying to figure all that out. Yeah, I think they are. And I think it's getting better for sure. I think the payments are getting fairer. Uh, and, and to be honest, it, it's difficult to... F- Think about you being the one to have to figure that out and go like anyone could just stream and like what's a fair right pay for the stream when like millions of people are gonna stream it you know You're so just like making shit up at that point probably yeah and it's yeah. it can't be too much because if you'd right. be owing people so much money you couldn't even survive on your own you know so I don't know I think the like fractions of a penny might be too little but like what's just right what's too much I don't know. I think, like I said, I think it's trending in the right way. I've definitely gotten on board. I think Spotify is actually, I prefer Spotify of them all because I think they're pushing the limits of it further. I think they're letting the artists become more engaged with like artists. artists.spotify.com uh, where they could actually like control their own page now. That's cool. Uh, it's been there for a while, but obviously like the platform's evolved. Um, Canvas is now a part of Spotify artists where um, that's when like if you ever go to Especially like major labels and, and bigger labels are accessing this because obviously they're they're getting on it as quick as they can. But Canvas is like when you see like the little videos okay. on Spotify. Yeah. They're making artwork those. move and stuff. And like who's doing that? How are they doing it? It's because they have access to their artist page and then like they're using this new platform of Canvas to like uh, create those things. I'm still learning about it too. Yeah. How does that work for someone like you that puts out music? Well, I'm still learning too, but. Um, 
you used to be able to. So uh, I'll use Imperial Triumphant as a um, okay. example. So you're familiar with the band. Yeah, awesome they've been doing band. really well. Yeah. Um, I couldn't be more proud to. Are they? They're from New York, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they live in New York. They live one, in New York. One of the dudes from Russia. Uh, two of the other guys, I think, are New Yorkers. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're very interesting. Incredibly musicians. Yeah, yeah. Super different, pushing the boundaries of, of extreme music for sure. Imagery is fantastic. Like they really like nailed it all across the board. Um, it might be a little bit too much <laughs> to yeah. understand because yeah. the music's so insane. It's like jazz, like black metal it's like for jazz, real. Black metal for real. Yeah, yeah that's for real. That's a great way to describe it. You have to add for real. It's at the end really of that intense. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a complete package. They're like a hardcore version of like Ghost or something. You know. Yeah. Like, like, right. Whole, like, They're extreme black image. metal version of that. Yeah. yeah. And and they just do a really good job. And I'm, I'm very proud to have been part of that history, even though I was only part of it for a very short amount of time. I have a good relationship with those guys. And uh, with them, they made me... So they they were on the cutting edge of all that, too, as far as like making sure they had control of their artist page on Spotify, setting it up so like tour dates were listed, like all those things that they can do, utilizing it for as much as they could. And uh, they made me a part of the team. So essentially, like the artist or manager... Um, you can allow other people to join your team and you give them different access just like you would on Facebook. So they can be an editor, they can be an admin, you know, something like that. Oh, that's pretty sweet. So yeah, so they put me as an in as an editor so I can help with whatever I needed to help with and whatnot. Um, with them, I really don't have to do anything, but I can check and see like uh, the plays and like where they're coming from so you get to see all the analytics too. So it's funny that you mentioned this though because recently... I was trying to get access to all my artist pages because I, I could help. Because a lot of them don't utilize it or they don't know or they're just... They just don't want to. And, yeah, who yeah. knows? Like for whatever reason, they just don't know about it. Right. They're not keyed in. They don't use Spotify, whoever, whatever it is. But if I could help them, I want to help them. And I want to learn more about it. So yeah, I started cool. like a, uh, essentially like I think they call it verifying. I was trying to get verified on all oh, okay. the yeah. band's uh, Spotify pages. And, um, and I submit a lot of these as is you know so it's me submitting them to spotify in the first place releasing the records okay. most of the time and so i'm like trying to get verified for access for these pages and then spotify is telling me well you're a label so you actually don't have access this is for the artists and management only unless they add you but we've created this and then they sent me a link to it's called like analytics so it's like analytics analytics.spotify.com and that gives me access to pretty much all the same things, except it doesn't allow me to essentially like design the page, okay. you know, which is yeah. fine. I don't need any of that anyway. I, I want the artist to be able to do that. The only reason I would ever want to do that is if the artist wasn't engaged in it and wasn't doing that already. I'd want to help dress it up and, and put dates up and do those things. But um, so I can't do that. But what I can do is see the analytics. I can submit to playlists. Um, that's a huge thing with labels is like trying to get on these, especially these Spotify curated playlists. Oh, I bet. Giant. Yeah, I bet. That, that makes sense. I didn't even think about Dude, that. Dude, there's a Russian band I've been talking to about working with and they're just independent and yeah. they, um, they've been doing this for a while. They kind of started doing it right away when Spotify made all this available and they'd submit and submit and uh, they got on a few of these giant Spotify playlists and their plays are like, insane like yeah, in the, the hundreds of thousands and it's just like this tiny band from russia no one's ever heard of you know that's and awesome yeah it's just super cool and good for them and it's almost like you know we're talking and i just don't want to say anything yet because i don't know what's gonna happen but um 
I'm almost like, man, I might ruin your mojo, but you you like have a good enough thing going that maybe you just need to keep doing it on your own. Like, yeah, I could add maybe some validity and some um, legitimacy, where like labels still do add a something. They do, you know, for like sure. that. Absolutely. It, and I would I would only call it like a legitimacy or like a a validity. I don't know why. I think when you when you hear bands independent on their own, it just sounds like they haven't. I don't know. Like, I, I get it. Like, yeah. no one's, like, giving a shit enough to invest in them or something. Right. But it doesn't mean it's not good or it doesn't mean... I mean it could be all host of reasons, you know? Maybe the band doesn't want to. And I think eventually we'll... We're, we're starting to, but I think eventually it'll be more accepted to, like, oh, they're doing fine on their own. They're going to keep doing it on their own. And maybe they start their own little label just so that something's on there. Right. Um, but... So it's, it's just almost like the, we're at the mercy of, like, the establishment and, like, how the platform... And how this has been running for years and years. It's label, it's band, it's mm-hmm. PR company, it's this, it's that. Whereas I think now it's like, it's you can do anything you want to do. Yeah. yeah. But it's all very new and very young. Like, Super if new. If you think of Spotify as a as a business, like how old is it? Like three years or some shit? Really like, more I mean, than that. More but, than that, but, but, like, not but much. like the people have been using it like they, like it is like right. recently. like. So you, that's like an infant, right? So like yeah. imagine like 10 Even years, 10 years is nothing. Yeah, imagine right. 10 years from now, it'll be like, this shit we're saying probably won't even make fucking probably sense. Probably be something different. Yeah. Know? Right. And uh, it does, I think, give the artists a lot more um, independence in a way. It could, right. you know, with the control and all that. And um, in a way, like, I guess labels, they, they mean less now. You know what, like major labels, like whatever, you get paid less. Like, yeah, I think so. You know, things like that. Well, it's funny. You don't I have talk... to put down anything you do, but just to, you know. No, you're right. I think, oh, I think you, I'll expand on what you just said about the major stuff. Yeah. I find a lot of bands going like, I don't see the need for a large label. I almost just want to work with a small label where I do have more control. We work together as a team and kind of to reach the goals I want to reach. Um, I've, had, I've talked to a few bands like that 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 have that in their head and kind of get it mm-hmm. I'm like you're right as long as you know what you want to do and you're working together um, in the same direction you know like kind of going your own ways and fighting not fighting necessarily but like some some bands and labels just like have different agendas and like labels trying to push one way bands trying to push another way and it, it just never ends up working out the way it should and I would say I, I probably even had that it's more or less like I work hard as hell for all the bands I work with, but sometimes like the band just won't do anything. And then, so it's like, man, it's like, like we got to work together to get you to where you want to go. Like I can't do everything for you as much as I try. It's, it's like, you got to share and you got to do this and you got to do that too. So the ones that do do that and do work alongside the label to the same goal, like always tend to work out and, and be successful. Interesting. And so I think bands that get it, um, and that get the power of like what a, small label can you know it's it's what 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 can they do for you so what are the, what do you need from a label do you need help with pr and promotion um and you get that maybe more with a label because they already have these uh, relationships established whereas like the band's got to like try to start these relationships and foster yeah. these relationships where the, like the label already has them or the pr company already has them um instagram followers right <laughs> well i just mean like like with press, like with with you, or like with Decibel, or like with yeah. Death Forever in Germany, like these label, like I said, a lot of labels already have established relationships where they can just hit somebody up and say, "Hey, would you mind like posting this, or would you mind yeah, sharing this?" One or, thing leads to another, and that's not right. Whereas a band, though, they're just like cold that's calling. What I mean, if you just start a 
Instagram page for your band and yeah. try to get likes. I mean, that's a miserable process. Right. I mean, it's a miserable yeah. process for yeah, me it's too. Me you too. Know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so I, I just imagine. let it go organic, and I yeah. do what I can do, and I try to to read up on everything that I can to to make it work. But it's, it's I don't. I just do it organic. I don't, I don't think there's any reason or or benefit to like getting a bot to try to up stuff because then it's like it's so, just yeah. a waste. Like, what do you want? Fake likes and. Fi- you know, like, what do you want all that fake stuff for? You never get a true reading of like your footprint. You know, you're right. And That's so it true. might take ten years to get somewhere, but let it take ten years. Like, it'll eventually. You know, like, like what we're both doing. We're both right. doing this. We're both on the same, the same boat. boat, and it's like to grow to. I'm think I'm at six thousand maybe, and even to get there, like, was like, jeez, man. I like, know, man. You put, yeah, man. I you know, know how it is. You put in a fuck ton of effort and a fuck ton of time, but like. That's like the underground spirit. I yeah, like. right. You know, like yeah. foster it, it because you care about it and it matters, not because you want money now. Right, exactly. You know, or you want notoriety now. Right. You know, and like, what are we really doing? Like, I mean, we, we have different platforms, but it's not so much notoriety for me. It's notoriety for the bands that I represent. And, sure. And if that comes on the label as being like, like you've so graciously said in the past, like you've been a fan of the label because of what I've been able to curate for the label. Absolutely. But the, the platform itself is to elevate these bands that I'm trying to promote, right? Um, I'll be transparent with you. I've not made a dollar on any of the bands I work with because I've, well, like any good business person, probably, you got to reinvest. You know, you got, you got to keep pushing that. Um, eventually will I pay myself I'm sure you know hopefully it'll get to the point where I can yeah money the the money's come in I mean it's been it's grown and grown and grown but I just think there's something to like you said maybe it's the underground ethic maybe it's part that part business sense but you gotta feed it you gotta keep investing that money to get it to where you want it to go because if you're not constantly reinvesting it's just gonna flatline you know, so right. eventually when there's enough money to like shave off a percentage for yourself for all the work you've been putting in, great. But until then, I essentially gave myself a five year plan. The labels will be five in May. And I said in five years I'd love to pay myself, even if it's like a hundred dollars a month or you know, what, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, too, you know, yeah. it pays my, my utility or something. Yeah. Um sure. but I've been putting in this work for the last five years nonstop every day. Um uh, so it's just second nature to me anyway. I just do it. And I haven't gotten paid for it. I still love doing it. Exactly. So when I get paid for it, it should be all that much sweeter. But uh, but again, it wasn't about that, like you said. It was, it was that underground mentality of like, how can I help? Like, all I do is look and seek new music all the time. So why not do something positive with it rather than just like being for myself? Like, why not share it and try to get people to listen to it? Because I'm a fan of it. I think you should like it too. You know, you know, exactly. Same, same it's thing. The same, same mindset. Yeah. yeah. It's just to, it's exactly yeah, the same. clear that up, you know, man, that's, that's awesome. And that's reassuring. And like, I feel like that's what will get your name, like to the point where like a band will say like, I'm on redefining darkness, you know, and that means something. Like, right. You care about your music. You care about your artists. You care about the, the shit you put out. I mean, it's, even the, recently, uh, you just showed me your new vinyl. Like you're putting out more and more stuff like that, more and more dope shirts. Like it's growing, right. and uh, people recognize that shit. I well, mean, I'm a huge nerd. I recognize it, but like <laughs> I feel good. like people recognize it. Well, it's you know people always like people don't get it. You know they um, some people do, some people don't, and I I get it because if you're not in this, it's hard to know what it's like. But 
you know, people would harp on like, why isn't this coming out on vinyl or why isn't this? And it's like, man, vinyl's expensive. It's like so expensive to press a record. Yeah. And I guess we'll do a little tutorial right now to at least like give the people who want to know what that's like. But Please, I'll tell you I what, I want to know more what it's like. And I, think I hate I pressing vinyl. <laughs> like, <laughs> just because it's such a pain in the ass. I guess there is like a, that reward of holding it at the end to go, wow, this like finally can't happen you know this is great it's cool to hold it, it at the end but put all the money you got to put into it and all the work that goes into it there's a lot that goes into it cds are infinitely easier and that's why you see the cds never dying is partially because of the the convenience and you got to give something for the band to sell at the shows right like mm-hmm. would you, do you have to release something physical not necessarily but you want to release something physical for a couple reasons i think in metal it's important is number one, we're collectors. Like the metal community, are like a bunch of collectors. So whether yeah. you know a lot of us collected toys or we collected, like we're we're a group and community of collectors, some way, form, Comic shape, or another. Movies, yeah, movies, yeah. yeah. These is the kind Same of people things. that we are, That's right? That's true. So, and it's, it's so unique because like country music people don't necessarily do this, and like exactly some hip hop people do maybe, but. But it's like it's niche. Shoes. Yeah, it's it's more like they're underground, you know? Right. And it's the same with metal, probably. You Absolutely. know, some people listen to, uh, I don't know, what's the popular metal of today? I don't Ghost, like we were saying. Oh, Ghost. Oh, and they made themselves collectible, right? Because of they, their image and their look. look. with that, man. Right, they're so. Like Kiss. Have you right, seen them right. recently? No, no. Insane. Yeah? Like, the, I need le- to. The, the level of, even whether you're a fan or not, like, I've. You know, I'm kind of whatever at this point. Yeah. I mean, I respect what they do, but I mean, they might as well be fucking Alice Cooper, like the theatrics, That's King cool. Diamond level, like, right. like uh, they do like twin guitar solo battles and yeah, shit, and like the whole thing. It's amazing. Yeah, I'd love to see it just for the show. Yeah. I think and that's that's why I would have liked to see King yesterday. Yeah, just just for the 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 drama for the for the show for the theater you know yeah it's crazy how they expanded so much but yeah anyway it goes well, yeah I was just gonna say so so the whole collectible thing I think is a huge part of what metal is even on the bigger level of like right. a ghost right Metallica they make very collectible things for their fans you know mm-hmm. but then you have the obviously the other fifty to sixty percent of Metallica fans that are just casual listeners and yeah. but the majority of metal the fans are only. Yeah. collectibles you know are sure. collectible people so um. Or collectors, I should say. That's why merch is so huge, and exactly that's, that's why I even wanted to start selling T-shirts is because like I was just like, I, every I wore a different metal shirt to school every day, when right? I could afford it and shit, and it's right. just like you know that mentality. So. That's exactly right. So yeah. you, so that's why CDs will never die. I think, um, and when people started collecting CDs, obviously people weren't even pressing vinyl in the '90s. A lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's how a lot of us started collecting. Was I'll show you my room next door here, but I just have like thousands of cds you know because that's what i started collecting because the vinyl wasn't a thing when i was growing up you know Uh, it became a thing a little later okay so because i was in that middle of like vinyl died it's still around there's some more electronic music was coming on vinyl because the djs were still you know like electronic djs Uh were were a thing makes sense um but it wasn't like metal kind of given up you know but anyway so i still press cds like crazy because there's still a market for it, and it gives, um, obviously it's a lot easier to press, a lot cheaper to press, and uh, it gives bands stuff to sell on tour, sell at shows, that kind of thing. Um, I don't think it'll ever die, to be honest. I don't think the CD will die. Just like That's vinyl cool hasn't hear. died, yeah. you know. 
Um, I'd say the, the they go in waves, you know. The vinyls expected sales are expected to surpass CD sales this year for the first time since like the nineties. Well, something. yeah, we'll see. I, I know the dollar figure is already exceeded. I think, um, but that's a dollar figure. Yeah, that's that because vinyl is so much yeah. more expensive. Right. Um, but CD volume is still crushing. Okay. Uh, vinyl volume, um, maybe not crushing, but it's it's far it's, ahead it's still. still there. So we'll see if vinyl supersedes it. It would be hard to say that that would happen, but um, but yeah, maybe. it's interesting. I don't have an opinion either way because on that front, at least yet, I'm not in the business of it. Right. So I'm just like it doesn't I matter just, to me either. You know, I mean, I'm just a collector. As long as one of them it's sells, true. it sells, right? Right. Um, so that's cool. all that matters. It's just a lot harder. You have to invest a lot more money, which just means for me, if you look at what I've done in the last five years, I might like at what release 79, 80 or something. Mm. I've, I released a ton of music yeah, just because I find so much I like consistent stuff. And it's a ton, and I need to scale back just to, to be fair to these bands and like give them all the proper attention. I, not that I haven't given them attention, but I just see I'm starting to see things as I grow. You know, you always yeah, want to yeah. improve. I, I was gonna say, I, I actually think like on a constructive criticism level, maybe you should do less because that would yeah, like right. your your value would be more per release. Exactly, I and I, think. and I think that's why a lot how a lot of labels function. It's just me. Yeah. It was just me being a rabid fan and me wanting I to help it, as many too. people as possible. Exactly. But I think at some point, exactly. uh, operating as though, yeah. Yeah, for growth and for just business, I think it makes sense um, to do those things. And so for your own fucking mind, honestly. Yeah. It was it, that, and uh, <laughs> yeah, not be so crazy. Yeah. But um, but but vinyl does make it more difficult as far as like, let's say you know typical budget for vinyl that I do is probably like let's say twenty five hundred dollars. Okay. And that's for a run of maybe two fifty three hundred. So, it's a huge investment, and right. you know it's a couple grand, and uh, CDs are a couple hundred. You know, so if you're talking CDs, anywhere from six hundred thousand, depending on what the packaging is and, and how many you're pressing, whereas you're talking double, triple, quadruple that on the vinyl side for a mm. small run. So uh, you're putting a lot more eggs in one basket. Okay. Whereas like. And then on the, on the CD, on the flip side there, on the CD side, I could work with that much more bands, and I could put that much more money into more releases. Where I'm like putting all this money into one release, hoping like at least I make my money back, kind of thing, you know. How do you normally do on the vinyl sales? I mean, it's getting better, getting better, but I have to ch pick and choose wisely. And I started. I actually have like a nice like little system in place now. Okay. What I found, and um, essentially, I like to. I still start with CDs, and most bands get it. They get. Vinyl so expensive because they probably try to do it on their own and they once they realize and, back out, yeah. and they go oh man I can't afford this you know right. um, it is what it is you know it's just the process and um, so only so many vinyl pressing plants in the world you know uh, essentially they stopped at one point they stopped making the, the the machines that actually press and so there was literally only like so many in the world and so people were grabbing them up or whatever I think now someone Drives started ma manufacturing the machine again. That'd be a good business to get into. Oh, yeah, expensive business, but yeah, right. I mean, capitalize. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think um, they're starting to do that now. But anyway, so there was that factor too, and so um, they were kind of able to kind of charge whatever, you know. Yeah. But it's an expensive process. There's a whole timely process as well. Timely. There's a whole art artwork, you know, like a, a artistic piece to it as far as like lathing and and cutting and all that stuff. You have to know someone that. Not just any dum dum could do all of it, right, you know. Right, right, right. If they're like the right mastering guy and uh, all that, so interesting. I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, you I can. Really there's YouTube videos I'll like link you to, and um, I've never done the process, so it's 
different like knowing the process sure i can walk you through but like obviously i'm a, I'm a doer so like, sure. so like once you do it so many times you could like recite it like the back of your hand and like go through all the minute detail whereas now i can just kind of like walk you through like the process and like what each process mean but it's not like i understand fully to the nth degree mm-hmm. like all the detail of it all mm-hmm. um but it is a cool process and uh, definitely one you can find that stuff on youtube and oh, yeah, walk through sure. it and it's really it's pretty neat so i think though that part of it's awesome and i love that so much work goes into each and every vinyl but at the same time with that expense so that let's say let's say on the light side two grand to 4500 if you're talking gatefold that jumps huge so you're talking a lot of money yeah, right um to the process uh-huh. being lengthy because a lot of the turnarounds like at least a 90-day minimum turnaround Time is money shipping yeah that, yeah too. the shipping is huge because they're heavy yeah. right much you heavier pack them securely. you can't just put it in an envelope and, and then vinyl up. collectors are the most finicky yeah so like if oh, yeah, something's yeah. bent or cracked you or get shit for it well no people go mental like yeah. they want a full refund and they yeah, sure. you know and like i get it but you know it's these vinyl nerds that are like hard to please man yeah i'm not that bad but they are they can't yeah i don't give a shit it's like well i think because i i'm i just want the music no I at know. the end of the day right. but some guys buy like two or three copies of a record because like they want one to play and they want one to like display and they want yeah. one just like set aside like mint like no one oh, ever yeah, touch we're it insane. we're not normal people that do this that collect vinyl right yeah, yeah. You're, so you're dealing with some fucked up individuals yeah right <laughs> and, and nothing to knock them i mean no more no, power to you just, you know i just won't bitch about it though like i would never right. bitch at an underground label. i just don't care that much i yeah. just i just want just the want music yeah right yeah. but you know i get it and i respect it and i know what it is and I, i'm not trying to damage their vinyl but a lot of times <laughs> like i'll get shit damaged when I receive it and it's not like I go through every vinyl I mean you're talking like 300 copies or something it's not like I go through every box to make sure everything is exactly. perfect I, I assume it, it should be right exactly. so when it and then you got then you have to ship it to them and then who knows what happens there so you just try to ship it the best you can so there's like when you shake the box there's no movement I always pack I don't know if you know this and you'll see it when I show you a few uh, of the new things I have coming but I had to learn like how to package vinyl correctly um, so I'll never get if I'm ordering final for a band or whatever I'll oh. never get it shrink wrapped I'll always want it in a poly bag that you can remove it yeah because um, what you and I, the way I have them ship it to me at the plant I always specify ship the record and the insert the, like the it's called the insert yeah I, I guess you know what I'm saying where the, yeah. the vinyl sits in right it's usually paper like or paper some kind one, of poly yeah. line right yeah outside of the jacket because what happens is in that shipment um, if the insert and the vinyl are inside of that cardboard jacket, if it shakes around, it'll crack the edges. It's like heavy enough that it'll oh, okay. smash into the edges and you'll see cracks along the edges of the jacket. Mm. And that's like some vinyl collectors' biggest pet peeves. Oh, okay. And they know what causes it. And so, so I'll, I'll give people like literally like writing me notes like, can you pack it like this? But I, I've known that for quite some time now. And I've noticed like, more and more people do that. The more vinyl I get, the shit comes on the outside. Yeah, yeah. So it's that, it's that, to, that's why. Yeah, okay, it's to protect it. Yeah, I like it better that way. Anyways, it's yeah, easier. it is better. It, to be honest, it is better, and it's, it's easier, easier as yeah. long as it, it. It's it's like when you first get into it though, and you're just like, oh yeah, shrink wrap it because you want to be as professional as possible, and maybe oh, yeah. stick around the shrink wrap or whatever. And then like you've come to find out like all these jackets are damaged because like the vinyl is still shaking around because the shrink wrap doesn't really like lock anything in place. You it's know, crazy. Um, yeah. 
so you know you take some hard bumps sometimes but luckily i, I know enough people um i'm obviously close to the hell's headbangers guys and they've been a huge up to me so they're so sweet yeah great the, great dudes yeah. uh my, i wouldn't be where i am without them for sure and uh you know so I, you learn from them and you know a lot of their mistakes i can learn before i make my own mistakes sometimes kind of thing so uh but anyway so th- there's all those little details cool. so it's like it's not the easiest thing to do from like do not envy your position yeah right seriously so you're on the you're on the nice end of it you can just get your vinyl and be happy i gotta like walk it all the way through so like again there is some like um what's the word like uh there's some satisfaction when it comes at the end you're like wow this came out great right we i helped create this or whatever you know whatever it is and bring it to life yeah right that has to be worth it a little bit that's a cool thing yeah that's um, why you do it. Yeah, and CDs give you that a little bit, but vinyl is obviously like... Yeah, it's a thing. It's more expensive. It's, it's, it's much work. more of a process, and yeah. when you put that much work into something, it's that much more gratifying. And let's be honest, it's going to be better, the better music, too. You're not going to put out anybody's record on vinyl. <laughs> like, you're going to make sure, right. like, this is one of the better releases. And some people is, don't care, but, but... Some people don't care, but... But for me, it just... Uh, I told you I don't make any money on this right now, but I at least got to make the money back. Yeah, Especially you when you're talking thousands of dollars, or and otherwise I'd be gone, right? Yeah, that's what I, I mean, on one hand, honestly, like, I'm super I'm surprised that, um, you know, you could put that much money into vinyl and make it back. I'm right. like, that that many people are buying, like, your vinyl is not out of this world expensive. Like, your vinyl is pretty fucking cheap. Like, it's like $20 to buy a vinyl, or 25 Yeah, yeah, the like, margins aren't great on I, it. I mean, that's what I mean. So it's you got to like, think the cost per unit, so the smaller the run, it's just like anything, and you know this from manufacturing and people that you've talked to, I'm sure, that the more quantity you get, the cheaper it comes sure. out per unit, right? Sure. I mean, that's any that's business. Standard, yeah. It's a volume thing, right? Yeah. So if you did a 1,000 vinyl, yeah, you can get them, like, for four bucks probably or whatever, and that's ideal, and then sell them for 20 bucks, and you can make a killing. Okay. But when you're talking, like especially death metal and underground and obviously i'm a small label and um how many people are going to see this and exactly um so i do small runs of 250 300 which is actually a pretty standard thing these days to be honest not a lot of people doing 500 um that's great that you can make that back though man yeah that's all it is man it's like where's my break-even point and as long as i could get there you know what it's a success yeah yeah, absolutely i got got that the risk is gone anything i make over that now Again, it's just going to go back in, but it's extra, and now I can put it to another release. I just like knowing that many people are buying underground death metal vinyl. Yeah, right. Seriously. Well, think of like bands like Blood Incantation and, and like the, the success like Dark Descent's had, um, and Hell's too. Uh, I'll put they're kind of at a similar level, right, as far yeah. as like popularity. Those guys can press five hundred to a thousand and blow through it, and maybe even more, because um, of the level they're at. Obviously, both of those guys. Well, Hell's is really old. I mean, they've been around forever now. Uh, Dark Descent's got to be, I think they just celebrated 10 years plus, I think, okay. or just 10 years maybe this past year. So, you know, double what I've been into it, and, and it hell's what, uh, 15, 20 years maybe, because uh, they were doing mail, it's like super DIY, like yeah. GeoCities website type of stuff, <laughs> yeah. like way back, cool. dial-up yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. So they've been doing it for a long, long time. That's but, awesome. uh, you know, they could sell the spirit. a thousand midnight vinyl or whatever they had yeah, sure. before midnight left. But it's only because they've established themselves and been around longer and that kind of thing. So I had to kind of come up with a system because I know every band I work with is going to want vinyl. You know, you just know it. It's like the dream of every band. And I get it because I'm You're a band guy. Them, yeah. yeah, right. So I get it more than anybody. But I try to educate them 
you know, I don't want to be the dick and be like, well, we're not going to do this, man. I want to give them the reasons. I want to, like, explain to them, like, hey, dude. This is the process, yeah. This is what it is. This is a hefty investment. It's a big risk. And I'm not saying no, but I'm saying this is what would have to happen. Essentially, my method is um, I I like to start with CDs and or cassettes. I don't necessarily like to do both. I've done both. And I feel like it almost, I think giving too many options then leaves people to leave stuff on the table. So, like, let's say I only press cassette of something. You're more likely just to grab that cassette then. Whereas if I press cassette and CD, you're going to grab the format that best suits you. This is true. And not everyone gets both. Yeah, and so it. it just leaves, like, more on the table. Okay, where I get People it. go, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And, like, bigger labels have the budget to, like, just do, hey, let's do a cassette, CD, and vinyl and put it all at the same time. Um, I don't really have that luxury, and it doesn't make sense for me. You know, I try to do right. it strategically um and and thoughtfully right because like you have maybe a band like i just put out this um i'm probably pronouncing wrong man vadiat i don't know vadat vadiat v-a-d-i-a-t i I think it's like a polish word so i probably i don't even know how to say it yeah you're not supposed to be able to pronounce it super metal (laughs) great yes great yeah great amazing band old school band is made up of all these amazing um Guys that had played with, you know, started in Balmer, I mean, the very beginnings, um, Decrepit, Incantation, one of the guys toured, was a touring member, Mortician, like old school guys Great that are shit. like 10 yeah. to 15 years older than me, like the guys I would like follow around right. when I was younger. Right. It's like the, my favorite music of all time. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I grew up listening to it. So uh, right. it's these guys like coming back and doing something. And uh, they just did like four song thing. I'm like, let's do it old school. Let's do it like a cassette demo. Like, there's no reason to press anything else. Like, let's just do it like this. Maybe a seven inch. But again, now we're talking expensive. Exactly. So it's like let's let's like weigh the market. Like, let's see how people respond and see if people like it first. And then we could do whatever. It's kind of like prove. Let's prove it. So what I do is, I'll either do cassette or CD to start. And the cassette thing, I I like to do it more when either the band's super into that or if it seems like a cool like. You know, cassettes are very underground and, like, demo, you know, the whole tape trading thing right back in the day. Yeah. So I like to, like, almost, like, have that excitement with it if the band seems to fit that mold. That you resonates, know? yeah. I can see yeah, that. so it, it's a more of a thoughtful thing. Like, I think this makes more sense on cassette, man. Like, fuck a CD, let's do this because it, it would be cooler. Yeah, I can tell that that's your thought process, honestly. Like, yeah. I parallel that with my T-shirt designs, too. Like, I wanted that death metal design to be on a crew neck. Because, <laughs> right, like, we right. don't have a crew neck. Like, it's like that, like, way, that business way, yeah. artistic way of thinking comes from a fan's perspective. Exactly. Because it's like, what would I want to see this on? Exactly. Like, that Graveview demo, like, that's a fucking cassette, though. We did do I mean, CD, that, but only because of the demand. But Only because we, of the demand. Nice. We wanted a cassette. Uh, that's a cassette. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that's yeah. Just stuff like that. But like a, a true fan can tell, and then you're coming from that perspective, which is right. shit. You know. Yeah, and that's what I I, I don't want to think too hard about it. I just want to do what what you're right. talking about Natural. and feel it yeah. out, right? And uh, I always check with the band. Obviously, when I'm partnering with the band, making sure they're they're cool with all my thoughts and you know getting their feedback and that kind of thing. But yeah, so that worked out like that. But um, but still, my validation process for vinyl is. Do one of those formats. If I have to repress, it's typically, especially CDs, because that, that's a hard thing because number one, they're super cheap. Number two, and so it's easy to press, number one, and you can do really small runs and it's still cheap. 
Okay. Margins aren't great on it at all. It's like really shitty margins, but it's more like the novelty of doing it and having something physical again. It's like getting something for your download. I feel like is yeah, it's, it's cool, I mean? right? You just want it's something. a cool it's not niche thing. Take space up. It's yeah. like sweet, you know. Most people don't even play them, right? They just but it's have like them cool. We're collectors, like you said. It's cool to have all those cassettes. Like, yeah, yeah. It right. is cool. I, I agree, and I have a bunch of right, and I still have a bunch of my Some old ones. Some are selling for like a decent amount of money now, though. I, I don't know, like, like to go before. I used to like to keep them at like I keep them at like six six six. Yeah. Plus, and like shipping, like because I try to take into account like packaging and all that stuff. So my shipping usually rests around four bucks all in because yeah. you know got to pay for the mailer and pay for everything. Besides the postage, probably like the postage isn't cheap anymore. So even media mail is like two seventy or whatever. Dude, I know postage keeps going up, man. It's terrible. Up. I know. So um, people think it's our fault. I know, right? And yeah. so it's like hard to like give <laughs> you free shipping unless like the price is fifteen dollars now or whatever. I know. Yeah. So I just like to like keep the price as low as I can, just knowing that like my yeah. shipping rests between four shipping. and six bucks total, you know. And so it is what it is. But I I keep my cassettes eight and under. So if the cassette's got like, if it, the J card's bigger or whatever, I'll up that. But usually my sweet spot right now is seven to like seven, seven, seven. Yeah. Like where the, the good niche is I there. I feel like that's good. That's Because the, the cost per unit's anywhere from like 280 to 350 a piece. Mm-hmm. So it's like you get, you double your money, you get what, your three bucks per cassette. It's not like you're, <laughs> you make a hundred dollars on the, right. on the run of them, you know, you're not making anything on them. Um, but it wasn't about that, right? It was just kind of like you said, getting something in hand, yeah, a companion like, to your I download. Pay five dollars for a digital record, or I could pay nine and have this. Yeah, cassette, have some you know, cool, right? Like, you know, that's that's an interesting thing I wanted to get into. Actually, is like how what is the best way to support a band on a da- like with a download thing? Like, um, is it Bandcamp? Is well, Bandcamp yeah, the best? yeah. So, well, I'll finish because my validation. A lot of people don't know about Bandcamp. Okay, well, I'll finish my validation process with the vinyl. Um, just because we were near. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're nearing the end. CDs are a good telltale sign that, because I do a bigger run of them, usually 300, uh, two, 200 to 300, okay. maximum 500, um, and I only do that either if I'm collabing with another label, because we're obviously splitting Europe and US, so selling 200s, no worry so usually. So like Sentient Horror? Yeah, we, we actually we did a run of 700, I, I think. Say, that's a big release for you. Right? Yeah, yeah, but we're splitting those, so I'm splitting that with the German label yeah. uh, testimony. Um, vinyl, we... Uh, I won't even get into it. We, we kind of split that. We have our own separate variants. Like So all, all of Sentient Horror variant vinyl, I think he has four maybe different variants. variants. And I have yeah. three different variants. So like seven total or something. So none of them match, except black, obviously. Okay. Um, so maybe six total. How do you in your market research? How do you how do the variants do as opposed to the black? Well, I'll talk to you about that too. Uh, To end the validation though, if I have to repress a CD run, and if that's still selling, that repress is still selling, then usually I can go okay, vinyl will sell. And that's what I did with Oxygen Destroyer. Oxygen Destroyer took what a year and a half before I did vinyl. Yeah. But people, so many people were clamoring, and the sales made sense. People could clamor all day. It doesn't mean they're going to buy anything. But when the sales match up to that to that demand mm-hmm. then it's like okay now i'm not worried about it anymore like again my only goal is to make the money back like if i'm going to spend 2500 as long as i get the 2500 back we're good oh, i'm not yeah. losing anything i could keep funding these projects right mm-hmm. um and the auction is sure crushed and i think to be honest leaving that anticipation like it wasn't intentional it was just like i needed to prove the sales to to be able to do it right but building that anticipation for all the people who had the CD that wanted the vinyl, now they bought the vinyl too. 
because they've been waiting for it, you know? Yeah. So it almost was better for the band and the label because um, the fans that bought the CD were more likely to buy the vinyl, where, again, I think if you give everything at once, um, people are going to just choose the format they want. Whereas, like, I did a CD, and then, like, almost a year and a half later, we did the vinyl. And, again, it wasn't planned like that. It just happened like that. But I noticed... But there's something to that. There's something to there like staggering them. Building that anticipation. Yeah. That building that desire. That yeah. They right. Really had for it. Right. And way. it's like yeah. once it's there, yeah, of course we'll we'll press it. Let's do it. You know. Right. But yeah. but there's something to that, and um, I don't think I'll ever release multiple format at the same time again. That's like ever. Yeah, I don't think you should. Honestly, I think, that make any I think sense? it's so much cooler. So, okay, so you get you have a couple of questions, so I want to start tackling I, these. Let's do it. So you got my my justification for vinyl. Finally. I get that justification for vinyl, dude. I'm I, just trying to be fair. I love it. Yeah, and yeah. actually, work like I said, it actually works out better for everybody. Um, I truly believe that. But uh, so then the next one was, well, we want to know about variants, but was there an in between question too? Oh, uh, how to support how to a band? Support in Bandcamp and that whole thing. And well, let's what? stay on the vinyl thing. Yeah, and then we'll since go we're there. talking about it. So the var- the variants. Yeah. As of as of, let me just offer my perspective. Yeah, as, please, as please. A, this can get deep. Yeah, as fan, I want to know. Yeah, as a vinyl collector, I'm. You know, I don't have a huge collection, but I do enjoy my vinyl. I, I do. I do like it, and it's 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 fun for me, and it's really cool. When I first started getting into it, I was like, oh, because like there's a lot of I've. A lot of variants, a lot of colors, a lot of splatters. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, and this is not just for death metal. This is for everything. Everything, everything now has their some sort of special cover or whatever. There's a pop-up book. Like I got like a creep show reissue vinyl that basically oh, has like, a comic book in it and the fucking things glow. Some of those horror. Yeah, dude. Vinyls are amazing. Dude, there's like two companies that do them. I think Waxwork, Mondo, Mondo, yeah. Waxwork. Yeah, there, there might be one more. There's, and they're all amazing. Few. They're incredible. I have so, I've spent so much money on them, dude. <laughs> that, like, yeah, they're like they're like forty to fifty each like i would say i bought one yeah, for um, all double i bought one for my friend at hell's that, that helps me a lot yeah he runs reaper metal productions craig or reaper however you want to call him okay um he uh i bought him one for i remember his birthday or christmas last year but when i saw it when he came in i was like oh shoot Dude, this yeah, is amazing they're, they're works of art yeah so some of them are Incredible. literally works of art and then like now the death metal and black metal bands, a lot of them are doing like splatter, transparent. Well, they've been doing black, that, yeah. Yeah, right. whatever, whatever. So what's your thought? My thought is, at first, I was like, kind of, because it's my nerd collector brain kicking in, like, ooh, I want the cool color, I want the glow in the dark. Now I'm like, I don't give a fuck, Like, I don't need this purple with, like, when I'm checking out, do I want orange with purple splatter? Do I want metallic with jizz on right, yeah, right. like, dude, just give me the fucking rag. I don't care anymore. Right. Because I want the black one. I like the audiophile, like, uh, black, 180 gram ones. Right. Really nice and shit. Like, yeah. Black will always sound the best. Black will, yeah. So I just buy black now because I don't care anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I don't care. Um, yeah. Black's usually cheaper. To be honest, I just keep it all the same price. It's like, you, you do, pick yeah. what you want. Like, why bother, like, trying to squeeze more money out of a variant? Right. It does cost a little bit more money on a color, but it's like, why not, like, split hairs and, like, instead of, like, charging, maybe you could do the black for 17 and maybe you do the color for 19. It's like, why not just do everything for 18 and just call it a day? And, like, you know, who cares? That's like, smart, you're not yeah. making that much more. On that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a little silly. I mean, if you're going to do something elaborate and go, okay, you're going to get patches and pins and stickers with this one. Maybe make that a little more mm-hmm. um, when you're adding that or a book or whatever. Um, all the specials, maybe. But for the color, it, it so for people so that they know, it does cost more to print vinyl in color. 
and the var- and doing splatter and the different uh, styles, it does cost more money. It does, period. But again, I would just rather you pick what you want and keep it all the same price than like try to like Figure break all this up weird, you know? It's like, let's just somewhere. make it easy, man. Right. Yeah. I like that about that. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's silly. Um, it's funny, though. So this can go a lot of different ways, and yeah. I'm glad I got your take on it. Because I'm kind of similar. I, I don't care. Sometimes there's cool ones where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I kind of want that. Yeah, unless but, it's really cool. Then I'm right. Like, all right. I'm right. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd like less option. Mm-hmm. I just did uh, and I'm trying to see like what customers like. I, I think color's still more popular. Okay. I think interesting. More audio files like black. I definitely always still get ones for black. But there's a couple. Uh, this vinyl pressing I'm doing for Wraith, which is like a. Dude, I absolutely love that. Do you like that? Bit? Okay. Oh yeah, you reviewed that. Yeah. It was. It's. I don't even like thrash metal that much to be honest. I'm yeah. More of a death metal and but, I mean obviously there's nothing wrong with thrash, but like that shit, I loved it. It's really yeah, great. It's dark. It's cool as fuck. I mean, it's very like along the lines of that midnight and. Uh, yeah. Venom and Toxic Holocaust and whatever, mm. uh, but they have their own way. A lot of those riffs remind me more like Kill 'Em All. Like, exactly, it's yeah. really sweet, raw, sweet. But I didn't want to do black for them. I just felt like I was thinking about doing three variants, and there's there's minimums by the way with these variants. So it's like usually a hundred uh, minimum quantity. Uh, okay. So you got to think about that going. It's not like oh I want twenty like this and twenty like that. It's like your minimums, and then some of the special ones are like two hundred to two fifty minimum. So like there's one called Galaxy, which is a super sweet design that I always want to do, but that's like 250 minimum, and it's like, ugh, well, I don't want to just be stuck with that. that maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe I will one of these days. You when, know, if a band right really loves it. Along, yeah. yeah, but um, you know, I just like you said, I just kind of want to give people a little bit of option and just kind of see what what goes where. But um, I also am thoughtful, like with the color thing, right? So whereas some people just want to do the most outrageous thing or like. Splatter is obviously popular, and they, you know, I was so sick of Splatter, dude. Yeah, but, but it's a popular thing. Hey, that's what that's why I asked, like, what the customers would like, what the current like. Splatter's a big thing, man. I, yeah, everyone's know. doing it. Yeah, all the kids are doing. It. <laughs> it's almost like too much. So yeah. I, I stray away a little bit. We did a splatter for Sentient Ore, so I do have one there. That but, makes sense, though. I feel like. Yeah, some of it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So again, I try to be thoughtful on those things, but um, there's a, th- it's a effect called A side, B side. I don't know if I have one to show you. I can show you a picture. But it's essentially a color within a color, and you could do up to three. Do you remember the uh, two molds last one? Mm-hmm. There was like a mishmash of like oh, these three yeah. colors, like black, yellow, green. Mm-hmm. There might have been a fourth in there, like a blue. Yeah. That's what you consider an A-side, B-side, but that was like a three or four color version. And it's all random. It's never the same. Even the sides are different. Okay. But it's all the same colors, right? Okay. And it just yeah. looks red. It's kind of sweet. A side, B side, um, with two colors is more simple, but it's cool because it's always like jagged in there. It's never, and it's always different. Um, the Wraith, though, unfortunately they're not in yet. I'd right, show you. The Wraith, I did a solid color. So I always do like to do a solid, whether it's black or a color, purple but there's this yeah. purple, yeah. and it fits the artwork. It looks really nice. Yeah. And so that's one of the things I wanted to mention about being thoughtful is I always want to like, pull out colors from the artwork right so even if it's subtle um with wraith it's pretty much like black and purple it's pretty much what you got but there's like this little light in there that's yellow yeah like a lantern yeah yeah, yeah. so for the a side b side we did purple and yellow so it's still yeah people probably don't even think like no i I didn't even get about all that that's so that's fucking awesome (laughs) that's something i push on the bands because sometimes the bands just go i go what do you want and then i think they're just so overwhelmed with like 
when I show them the choices, when I show them that, they're just like, oh, this would look cool. And everyone yeah. wants like black and red of some kind. Or, you know, For sure. Why bulls not? colors yeah. or <laughs> popular metal colors, black, red, and, you know, whatever, white right. or gray. Um, but obviously the brighter, the, you know, the more fun, you know, the, yeah, the cooler stuff. But I'm always like, well, I always like to like, why not be representative of the artwork? Like this is a package. Like if you have artwork that's just black, um, purple, and yellow, why would you do green, pink, and purple, or green, pink, and uh, red, sure. you know? Like, so some people, I think, just go, like, they want the most outrageous thing, or they want whatever they want, but I'm always like, why don't, this is a release still, like, why wouldn't we want to tie it together with everything else? So I'm always looking at, you know, and that's something that we do with Sentient Horror, too. Um, I don't know testimony records in Germany I don't know what his vibe is he seems to like pretty outrageous um, variants and his are always really cool but um, but they seem random mm -hmm. to me where when I talk to Matt from Sentient I'm like I think we should you know your uh, cover art's amazing and I'm like there's so many cool colors going on like why wouldn't we pick those colors and make some kind of cool variant out of those so that so that's sense. what we did and yeah, when you look really at them cool. Obviously, we only have the mock-up pictures of them now, but it ties together. Yeah, You're like you it's see those really colors, nice. it's like a, a complete package. It is satisfying for sure. If to me, it, I think yeah. it makes sense. It makes sense to me too. Yeah. And I, I definitely always, and not all my bands think that way, but but when they hear why I'm thinking that way, they all go, "Oh yeah, I get it. This makes sense. I'm glad we did this." And, you know, but that's the one thing I all. It's like a, it's almost like a pet peeve of mine. Like I'm like, let's. Let's keep keep this like consistent, thematic. Yeah. thematic. Yeah, right. For sure. Let's because keep the other going. other than otherwise, it just well, then, feels like a gimmick. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like a, something to sell, like a sales thing. Yeah. And like like you said, like you almost get overwhelmed with like, oh my god, like what color? Do I? I don't even care anymore. Like yeah. it's all a mess. But when it all ties together, and when you're only giving a very few option, like I think it means more. And I think it it's subconscious does. too. Like those wraith ones. Like you said, you didn't even think of that little light in there being yellow and the yellow being in the vinyl. But, but it might register subconsciously. Yeah, yeah, because it's there. It, it they're right. There. You see the cover right next to the vinyl, and it like ties together. It like seem it's seamless. You know, definitely something to it, man. Right. I like I like the direction. That makes sense. And, yeah. Uh, honestly, I like to be yeah, thought. Just well, it's like if we're putting that much money into this friggin' package and putting all this money behind it, and this whole process takes friggin' forever. It's like, yeah, let's keep to the theme of the record. Like you, you have this artwork for a reason. You you chose this for a reason. You. Like, let's honor that. Like, let's make it a complete, let's tie it all together. You know? All, all available on Bandcamp, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, thanks. You're and welcome. so, speaking of Bandcamp, yeah, I'll get to that so question. Band, yeah. Um, Is that the best way? Yeah, I think so. I, okay. I, it's a little confusing. Because that's what I Using. Yeah. Because you might not know this, but. So, I had just had a regular Bandcamp forever because it was like free. So, the label Bandcamp was actually like a, just like a regular artist page. And so when you used to go on to Redefining Darkness Bandcamp, it just had my, the releases. Yeah. All on one page, and you just click right. on that release and check it out, right? Well, it was free, so it made sense, and you had to pay for Pro, and you had to pay for the label version. And mm -hmm. Well, I don't know what happened, but I started getting emails from Bandcamp within the last two years or two and a half years of them going, hey, like, you want to switch over, you know, blah, 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 we've been paying attention to your releases, and I... The guy who wrote me is like, I really like this one and this one. And, you know, it was a really personal message. Oh, no way. And I was no. like, is he just trying to sell me on buying this thing? Like, yeah. I'm not sure what's going on here. So I was just asking questions, and I'm like, well, like, I really don't see the need to 
pay for this when I'm doing all right over here. Yeah, yeah. you know, okay. like I love the platform. You guys get a percentage already. They've upped that percentage, obviously, from when I started. It had upped at one point. And I'm like, you know, they're making their money, so it's, it's fair for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, I don't know why I need to pay a monthly fee to get this extra stuff kind of thing. And he's like, oh, no. He's like, we we really uh, we really value you. I don't even know if I should be saying this. You know, <laughs> like, I don't want to get in trouble. But we really value you, and um, no, we would just do it. So I don't know if you have to hit a certain sales number or if you Probably. have to get this. If you're, if you're, you're, you're generating like enough revenue person. for them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm definitely not the first, but I don't know you if know I should be like promoting that. <laughs> like, yeah, well. They reach out to who they want to, but yeah, they, they reached do. out to me like that when I found out like they were just gonna give it to me. I'm like, well, yeah, like cool. Well, let's walk through it and tell me how I could gotta convert all these over now. But was that an easy process or not? Well, yeah, I, will, I would That's say it, it was a little scary of an undertaking because I wasn't sure how what, how it was gonna happen. So yeah. you don't want to lose anything. Exactly, yeah. Because, like, you know, people follow those bands and follow those pages. You know, like, the little yeah, icons. Yeah, I follow them, yeah. It's like, it's like collection within that. It's like your own Discog. It is cool. In there. I think it's really cool. Yeah. And I like the thing you can message on there and whatever. It's okay. definitely a music nerd thing, I feel like. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely sure. a like music the, nerd platform. The layman does not get Bandcamp, I don't think. Right. Yeah, you have to be, like, From my a seeker and hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's great. It's a great way for bands to make money. Um, is the, did the, the percent is they take, is it fair? Well, it used to be less. I want to say when I got in, it was like 10%, uh -huh. which I thought, you know, it, it made sense. I mean, that's like, it's like an online record store taking a cut. Of yeah, and a lot of sale. the stores, like your um, like big cartels and stuff, and I know they're all different, and so I don't want to like misrepresent anything. Because I think Big Cartel does have like a free program. Up, to, you think maybe you can list a certain amount of items for free or something, mm -hmm. which would have never worked for me because I have a million items. You know, exactly. like I start paying yeah. out of my nose. I, I think it's probably changed since then, but a lot of those were like that. It's like first five items, you know, no fee, but after okay. that, it's like it was cheap. It was like five dollars an item or one dollar an item after, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And that's your monthly fee. Um, everyone it, takes everything from you people that don't understand selling yeah, shit yeah like it's all pay, fair PayPal, fucking all that like you oh, all yeah, get, they you, all take you yeah. all get docs so it's not like one person's being an asshole for taking fees it's everybody yeah everyone you know, they gotta they gotta, gotta keep their out. site running right you just gotta yeah. see what works for you right so yeah so PayPal takes a fee and that's anywhere from 4 to 6 percent or so depending on your volume I'm sure and then Bandcamp's now taking 15 percent you know and so Bandcamp the cool thing is Bandcamp didn't used to take physical so they only took percentages of digital. It used to be 10. They uh, jumped to 15. I remember hearing that. Maybe that's what I was thinking. It well, was then, totally. then they started taking percentage of physical, but in a weird way. So it, it's pretty fair. Um, it would have been cooler if they never took physical. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, they created that platform, and, and they're make, giving you the ease you know, of not having to set anything up, everything's kind of ready, streamlined to go for you. I mean, it's really nice I love the convenience of it. Yeah, it actually, it also makes you spend more money. I feel like too, because oh, I yeah. click just it, keep I adding to that, a cart. Two bucks, what the fuck? Yeah. Two pounds. I don't even know what that converts to. Fuck it. Screw yeah. Up, I like it. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I rack up a bill on Bandcamp all the time. Yeah, right. man. I mean, I gotta support the underground, man. That's what I mean. If that's it's right. not like I'm fucking made of money, but like I like to put it where uh, my heart is. Well, right, and, and then it gives you the ability to only have to pay like two or five bucks where it's not breaking your bank, where you're still actually supporting somebody. And they're, you know, bands are making more money that way than 
any money they're getting on any kind of royalty or from any label Spotify. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So and so, I always wanted to give my bands the benefit of um, always having their own Bandcamp to sell from always, but I always had to have my own as well. So where it creates a little bit of a, I don't know, it's a tricky thing. Again, this is all like still new. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bandcamp's been around for a while now, and but there's still a, the learning curve of it. And like, mm-hmm. well, how does this work as we both grow and like. So um, the label platform that I'm now on, it's really nice. It's really sleek looking. It's way cooler because you can go to the artist roster and now I have like pictures of the artist and you can kind of click on that and then you go into that and then you go to the releases. So it's a lot more professional. Yeah, I yeah, love the platform. Yeah. Um, you know, versus like the old one I used to use. Yeah, it's dope. Because the old one was just very, cr- you know, just the basic, right? Right. Um, so this looks pro. It definitely looks like more legitimate it's, it's something else that sets you apart too from yeah because there's a lot of labels on Bandcamp too I don't know how so many people many, realize that you know so people that many. aren't into you know this is the whole later part of the conversation the whole underground in general is just like insane it's like, insane uh, it's know, overwhelming right now, it's overwhelming online to go try to find something yeah like, you know if you're a casual fan you're like that's kind of I like lost interest in it a few years ago just so I was like kind of just had to take a break and then, well yeah and now I'm back in fucking beyond balls deep now but like you know good on that rabbit hole you get caught in there yeah but so navigating those waters I'm sure is kind of crazy for you yeah so you know I think as I've grown and as the label's doing better um uh, and this ties in with the whole like label platform on Bandcamp what they wanted to do was because like your label can have a Bandcamp and then the band has a Bandcamp and now like the release is a couple places and Maybe a third label's involved, and they have one, and you're all selling the digital version on all three, and which is fine. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, where does the fan land? Mm-hmm. And like, does the fan even know where they landed? And like, who the money's going to? And you know, I don't know. It's a whole thing. Well, yeah, that's what I'm curious about. Well, it's getting yeah. to the point now where uh, the label is successful enough. Well, and they want to do it for confusion's sake, right? Like where it was just like you search the band, and it only gives you to one page, mm-hmm. and so they want everyone. To just if you like sentient horror, it's just a one stop, and then like essentially like because there's two labels involved, testimony has control of their vinyl variants. I have control of my vinyl variants. The CD thing would be tricky unless we had two different versions of the CD, where like mine was a digipack and his was a jewel case. Okay, um, it would work then, and then the money's come to you that way. So like they would just click on that one they wanted and. If it was mine, I'd get it. If it was his, he'd get it. They'd have to be different. It couldn't be the same. Otherwise, you'd have to choose like, well, who gets paid for that kind of thing. So they don't Weird. have because they don't have splits. I think it would be really cool one day if you can get to a split where it's like someone buys a CD or the digital copy. Let's say fifteen percent or twenty twenty five percent, whatever it is, fifty percent goes to the band and then the other percent goes to the label. There you go. That would be dope. They haven't dope. figured that out yet. I've asked them about it. Maybe it one day. D- that doesn't happen but I think what most labels do and from talking to a few this is what I found out is labels just want to recoup ultimately number one right yeah they want to get their money back first and then they want to make money because um, obviously they're in it for something something so especially the bigger ones right like oh, yeah. money's a big thing so they don't give those rights to the bands at all. Digital's theirs. You know, they're investing a lot, a lot of money, obviously, pressing a ton of, like I said, a lot of all format. It's a vinyl CD cassette. 
They are doing special packages. They're paying for promotion. They're doing all of this, right? It's a lot of money. Uh, they may be giving you like a slight budget, whether it's for artwork or recording. There's less and less of that, by the way. Mm. But some bigger labels still operate where they're giving a minimum type budgets, not like the budgets they used to be. Wow, it's um, interesting. So they need to recoup that. So obviously they want to take all of it. They want to take digital. They want to take everything. With me, because it's more licensing deal. So essentially, like what I'm doing is. I'm giving the band the power. They still own everything, so the label doesn't own it. They own their music. I'm licensing it to essentially be the exclusive licensee to sell it for a certain period of time. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you still own it. Ten years from now, if you want to reissue or do something, unless you hit me up, you can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Okay. So like, I don't own it. It's your music. It's your right. artwork. It's your. You're paying for all that. It's yours. It's what people don't understand when when it comes to like recording budgets and artwork budgets and when labels give that to you, they're not just giving you money. No one's gonna give you money. Like the label owns all of that. So when you hear bands like Obituary, Deicide, or Typo Negative or whatever, uh, Roadrunner is a prime example. Um, back in the day, they every contract was an eight record contract, eight records. Jesus, it's a long time. It's a long time. That's so a, these bands that's are stuck career. forever. Yes. You know. So you're you're locked into it, right? So uh, obituary is a great example because I think they tried to re-release a couple things on their own. But they don't own it. They can't do it. They'd have to buy like, the rights like their first back. couple records and stuff. Yeah, I can't remember. There was like a specific thing. I don't remember if it was incomplete or cause of death or something. But they were trying to get the rights to do something special, and uh, they couldn't do it because the label owned it. Damn. You know, and like yeah, that sucks. They have to do it, you know. Yeah, you hear stories like that; it's unfortunate, man. I think it gives the la- the whole label term just a bad rap, man. So that's why. Yeah, it's you never want to be stuck in. The, and again, me being an artist, I want to empower the artists, right? I want to exactly. help them. Sure, maybe I might make some money on this uh, eventually, right? Mm-hmm. But, and we know I don't now. <laughs> We've gone through that, <laughs> Wait, but uh, let's reiterate that for the end, the end time. Um, but yeah, I want to empower the artists, right? I want to keep everything in their possession i'm just i'm just put i'm investing money i'm an investor i'm an investor in their business right, right. quote unquote business the band's exactly. a business i'm investing in it i'm helping whether it be the, the pressing the promoting all the stuff that i can add to it so it's a team it's like we're both coming in equal i could bring this to the table you're bringing your music and your vision and all that to the table that i believe in and now we've come together to work together to get to whatever goal we're trying to get to right whereas like a label like in the traditional sense is really like a parasite and because think they can't make any money without the band and without the music right Mm -hmm. but they want to own it all so that they can do whatever they want for however long they want most of those label deals are for perpetuity i mean like forever right perpetual so unless they sell it you know some some bands eventually make enough money to buy their music back I'm trying to think of the last guy that I found. Well, Metallica. Metallica bought all their music back from like Elektra and the big labels they worked with. Mm-hmm. And Metallica's one of the smartest business bands like I've ever read about or seen. That might be why they're Metallica. Well, dude, listen to this. So a lot of people don't know this. And granted, I can give a shit about Metallica today, right? I mean... Yeah. They still have a, a, have an affinity to them because I grew up like loving them, right? I think there's a place in everybody's heart for some Metallica. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you can really give but a like, shit, right? 
right okay right like now. today yeah, yeah yeah but I still like watching documentaries I still like they're so big that they have the money to do all these videos and like I still like cool enjoy shit. watching yeah. that stuff but it's not like I'm buying the record or you know I want to hear it maybe I'll stream it and yeah, check it I'll out check but it out. I'm not like buy. listening to it nonstop. oh I mean, I'm with you man for sure I'll listen to old stuff here and there but um but they're interesting, man, because they've really figured it out. And I don't know if it's James or Lars or both. or um, Lars, I know, is more of the business mind. But they bought all their music back, so they own it all, right? If you look at any of the reissues, they reissued all of their albums on their Blackened label. So mm-hmm. they're, they made their own record label called Blackened. It's got this little logo with a flag or whatever. So they own all their shit. They bought a pressing plant, like a vinyl machine. Like Badass. They bought their own. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they can press all their own records. Make a shit ton of money, dude. Yeah. There's no, the cost is only in the supply now, right? Right. And 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 the labor, I guess. But, but you own it. You can do whatever you want, and they can start pressing vinyl for everyone else. So it's this whole another business. It's a whole thing. Yeah. They're a machine. They're a machine. Absolutely. They have machine. all kind of other things going on too. Yeah. But like, just to be able to own your own music, own your own vinyl press. You That's can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, you see them doing all these insane packages now because they, they can do whatever, like, literally they can do whatever they want. And it's, like, the smartest thing too. ever. Yeah, yeah. so dope. And, you know, us metal fans, they spend money on that shit. Oh, they'll, dude. They'll, they'll, they don't care. They'll eat Hundreds that up. of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like, nothing. I'm, I'm not that bad. But Me either. I, well, you got family. You know, when you have a family. We're underground. That's why. You, like, I got family. I got kids. Like, you can't justify, like being a nerd anymore you know nah, right it's like there's obviously prior there's nerd. priority here um and i'm fortunate that i run these labels where it's like i'm a fan of all the stuff i release so yeah. i get it anyway you know True. so i spend less money well i spend more money <laughs> because i'm <laughs> yeah, releasing all this. Ways to look at this but i as a collector yeah. i'm kind of like um inheriting this great collection because of all this amazing music that i've been fortunate enough to put out Stuff, man. Yeah. It's really cool to hear, and it's rewarding for your hard work too. You know, yeah, it is. It is not totally monetary. Well, it's funny. I was cleaning up this room before you got here. It's just been a mess since I was telling you we redid this floor in this room we're sitting in, and so like everything yeah. kind of went into this room, just like shove it all in there, like get it out of the way. And I'm like, oh, you know, Zach's coming over. I want to at least like get this room straight. It gives me an excuse to like get it done. Sure, yeah. Um, no, you haven't stepped in there yet, but um, welcome. It's like the HQ my little hq and it's super tiny awesome um but my my whole like cd collections in there of my actual personal collection and then like some inventory and it's a lot of random stuff in there you know um shirts whatever but uh as i was cleaning it up i always save minimum two copies for myself of every every release so i just set them aside two copies um and when i get the shipment in I do like product photos that I post on Bandcamp because you do the mock-ups, but then like once I have the product, I like, take actual photos of them so you guys can like see yeah. the quality and right. it, you know it just looks cooler. It does. So um, I always try to update that as fast as I can. So I have a little very minimal like photo studio. You're gonna laugh. I can't wait to see. Well, you're gonna laugh. Me calling it a photo studio when you see what it actually is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, that's where you do all those photos. I'm like, yeah, that's where I do it. Um, cool. So. There's there's that aspect I guess, but I so I save every two of them and those two are the ones like that I open and do that and I, I hold on to those or whatever. But you know, just to, to have the collection of everything I did, so I never like go back and go like ah oh, I never grabbed a copy of that. I wish I would have had one of those. Smart. still. you know what yeah. I mean? Smart. Yeah, yeah. So I I I've been stacking those on the floor because I 
have my whole collection like alphabetized, obviously, and you know I'm a nerd like that. Absolutely, and, you have to be. But I'm out of room. Like I don't have room to like insert. Nor do I want to move everything over and scoot everything it's at a this point because there's man. thousands of them. So they've just been stacking on the floor, and so I'm like, I gotta do something. This is like a nightmare. So I started putting them in sleeves that like they come packaged in, and alphabetizing those. I'm like, man, there's like a hundred. There's like four sleeves here. There's like over a hundred. CDs here like of stuff that I just put out you know so it's just Damn. pretty cr- and that's between redefining and seeing red both you know oh yeah there's uh, a lot of people don't know the connection you do do too you're the same person that does redefine darkness and seeing red correct? yeah just and, to clarify and the only reason for that is um, I've probably talked to you about it but not everyone yeah. knows the story is uh, when I started the labels five years ago I just did a lot of research and I when I was researching I found that the more niche the label was the more successful they were. And it makes sense, right? If if you're super into doom metal and like 90% of your collections, like all you listen to is Sabbath and Electric Wizard and like 70s rock and like that whole style, like you're going to follow that label that just releases that stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and so many labels specialize in things now. You have like Easy Rider records, like Riding Easy Records, they're, they're both doom labels. And yeah. um, what's, what's the one that Lee Dorian owns? Uh, Rise above. Cathedral Rise Above and like that's yeah. mo- mostly Doom he does mostly a couple doom. weird things outside of Doom but but so and, and there's so many labels like that that um, especially in Doom actually there's so many specific ones there's a ton of Doom a ton of Doom yeah, labels that are specifically Doom like a lot of and that's all I mean I'm not a huge Doom guy I like yeah. it I'm, I'm like you I'm probably like in between you know and I, I love I like marijuana the, so that's not the problem right you know what I'm saying right. I, I get it I get the whole thing it's yeah. just like I mean, sleep's good, but like they're not that fucking good. I don't yeah, think. You I'm know with what I mean? you. <laughs> I don't, I'm with you. Know. you. I'm not obsessed, yeah. right? I, I I appreciate the good ones. You Sabbath know. might be my favorite band ever, but like I, I feel I like see. yeah, my That's Sabbath sweet. Converses. Thank you. Yeah, sir. those are sweet. I Thank did you. notice. I Res- did notice. Respect the first album. Yeah, always on the yeah from, the, from the ground up. Were those custom or did they actually make those? No, they actually made them at some point. Oh, they had sweet. these, Paranoid, and Volume Four. Oh uh, wow! Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, it was, they're like 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, those look great. Yeah. Kept them in good condition. That's right. Um, where are we go? Oh, this is different. Dude, so, different specials. So, yeah. So, um, redefining was my way to do all of the super underground death and black metal stuff, essentially, or the, like even maybe just, just real dark theme stuff. Yeah. Whereas like seeing red because I am so musically diverse, there's so much that I like. It definitely sticks within the extreme music oh, for sure. threshold, but I, you know, and I, I put out a lot of Doom records. I put eclectic. a lot of thrash records. It's definitely more eclectic, and I think it suffers because of that. I think it doesn't have as big of a following because it's not so niche. Like, because usually, like you said, with redefining, if you like a release like this, you're gonna like that next one because it's just like this, and you're gonna like that next one because it's just like this. Exactly. It follows kind of that same thread the whole way through. We're seeing red. It's like, well, here's a thrash record. Well, here's a doom record. Well, here's this post punk record. You know, so yeah, it doesn't always cross over for everyone, and so it's gonna take a little longer to build. It's like my relapse record model kind of exactly. And but I, but I can release what I like on it. And it's cool that you kind of like side thing too. Yeah, like, you know, so I would like, like it your to main do. Thing, this is like your Frankenstein child. Over yeah, here. Like yeah, doing cool shit. Yeah, and I, I hope more people gravitate towards it because it is so. It's like what a label used to be. It's like there didn't used to be so many niche niche labels. It's just like there's so many labels out now. It's like people feel like they have to focus on one thing to be successful, and it's worked. But you know, I like so much that it's like why not 
help yeah. all the bands I think are great. Exactly. Do you think there's a ceiling on that though? Like how much can a can a niche label work? Right, like how many doom labels can there be that are awesome? How I don't many? No, there are a bunch of them, man. But they're all fighting think, for the same you think thing. They're going to sustain them. Well, they're all probably they're all fighting for the same thing though, and yeah, fortunately enough, the world's big enough, and there's so many bands that there's enough for everybody essentially. But but the label thing hopefully slows down a little bit, man, because like there's a new yeah, it's so crowded. As I talk about, I want to be one, but I think yeah, that, like, but I do I, think I, there's I, a place. I have an angle. I mean, I think you have to have an angle, and I, right. I, 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 I want to fit in at a specific place and not just muddy the water more. Right. You know, that's that's my intention going in. I feel like the water, water's already pretty fucking muddy. They're so what, they're, yeah, they're muddy, man. I'm the least of their worries, I think. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, there's just a ton of good shit coming out, man, and I, uh, you know... People, most people don't even know what extreme music is. Like, we're just talking about the music. Like, we've been talking about specific music fans in general. Right. Like, extreme metal. Because we're a pretty diverse podcast. I'd imagine a lot of people that are going to listen to this, like, might think, like, extreme metal is Slayer and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's where it, that's where it ends. Um, why are we so fucked up that we like extreme metal? And what is yeah, it? I don't know, what man. Do think? I because, think about that all the time. Because, yeah. like, like, my wife is not into anything like this, like, remotely, you know? And, like, Same. I think she gets mad when I call her normal. But I'm like, no, that's a compliment. Like, I, I, it's the only way I can describe it. Like, she's a weirdo, and I love her for it, and weird in her own way, right? Mm-hmm. This is the reason why we're together. She definitely balances me. Sounds very um, similar to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't need someone that's into the same music as me. I'm actually glad because it broadens my horizons and keeps me balanced, right? Yeah. But, but at the same token, um, there's something wrong with us, man. Straight you know? Up. Like, yeah, no doubt. It doesn't can, make sense. It yeah, like it's like it, it's aggressive. It's 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 in your face all the time. Even from a sound engineering perspective, for it took those guys forever to figure out how to mix this stuff because everything's on ten. Drums are loud, bass is loud, guitars are loud, vocals are super insane. Even when you're talking about Judas Priest and the high screams, or if you're talking about what it transitioned to with the growls and the screams and like all the nonsense. Um, Everything's on 10. Everything's in your face. And uh, how do you get that to come out of two speakers and have it all so you can audible so you can hear it, you know? It's pretty amazing. It's come a long way, right? It's, it's insane how way. yeah, yeah. How, it's, how, it's, how it's developed. But but why do we like this? Man, I have no friggin' idea. And I try to, like, trace this all the time. You know, I try to, like, justify it to my wife sometimes. Like, well, I think it's this, and I think it's that, and yeah. she probably care less, you know. Like, exactly. why are you telling me this? But like, I'm trying to figure. I do try to figure it out. Like, what's wrong with me that like I'm so particular, and that, you know, there's something about that rebellious like rock and roll thing. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. It's part of it, but it expands to rebel, 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 rebelling. I keep saying wrong. Rebelling against everything, right? And uh-huh. I think when you grow up and you are a minority or if you are picked on at all or if you, um, I don't know, you just think different for whatever reason. Maybe you lean more artistic, you know, more of that left brain, right, you know, whatever it is. Um, if you've ever, you know, been like isolated or like, right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah not part of something that you like use your imagination a little bit more right man there's late. all these kind of things that yeah. like tie together i feel like and i, I don't i'm just like talking on my ass i'm not no, exactly sure where i try to figure it out too uh, i think mine personally stem from horror movies but there's like, that too i always just love fucked up shit in a way like 
of course. Yeah, like, why do we uh, like like morbid yeah. things? But yeah, so it's, it right. goes beyond just extreme metal, just like morbid things in general. I've just always gravitated towards. So like, obviously, I'm going to see somebody with a cannibal corpse shirt on and be like, huh. Let me look into that. And then that leads to this, you know. Right. But why is that? Why is that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just how you are artistically. And is it something that like, is it like a funny bone thing? Is it like something where it like tickles us? Like, um, like you said, like a horror movie. Is it like, you know how like a thriller, like a psychological thriller, like gets you like super involved and like Mm -hmm. on the edge of your seat. Like the reason people like movies and, um, same reason people like roller coasters. Like, is it that feeling? And like, those things give us that feeling and so you want more of it you know yeah so it's like a weird thing but why you know so i don't don't know either but i do know about myself yeah that like you know i was i was a minority growing up i was into hip-hop first and it was an extreme form of music at the time sure and i just the way i've justified it to myself whether i'm um full of shit or not is i've always liked the extreme and i've always gravitated toward the extreme and have never wanted to be force-fed anything. Like you said at the beginning of this, you had mentioned something about um, you wish people would seek out music more and not just give what, give what they're handed to them. Um, I've never been that way. And right. uh, it's like challenging the norm. You right. know, like exactly. there's got to be something else kind of thing. And I think we all have that thread of like wanting more or wanting to find something heavier or wanting to find something more extreme or whether that be in electronic music or hip-hop or whatever, you want, give me the real shit. Like, I want to dig deeper. Like, what else is there, you know? That's totally it, I think. And uh, just being immersed in all this this music and this culture, like, it's hard for me to enjoy shit that's mainstream. And I hate to sound like a douche when I say that. Dude, I feel like an asshole all the time. But, like... But I can't help it. But even, like, shit that's not, like... Like, I started... In getting into this music, I love shock rock. I love Kiss. Like yeah, that got right. my attention because probably because of the imagery. They look of like comic book characters. They're demons. They rock. Like whatever. They get chicks. Like what? You know, yeah. All yeah. that. Then that became Rob Zombie. That became Marilyn Manson. Then that traced footsteps back to Alice Cooper, Black right. Sabbath. All that shit. That's how. That was kind of where my path went. Then I got into Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel, and then you know the whole rabbit hole. You yeah. Down, right. down to go down to from there, but uh, it's. It's just it's just like a, a thing to always be searching for something deeper and even like shit that's not that mainstream. Like I always went to see Marilyn Manson and dude, I couldn't have been more fucking bored. Oh really? You know and shit like that yeah. or like or like this big big. I mean, I love Marilyn Manson. I'm not I'm trying to hate on him, but uh, right. like a big a show like that, even of that size. Like I just feel like it's so just like it's it's a show like it's like a Broadway show or right. something like that. But like last night seeing get that T-shirt printing shop, seeing these like three death metal bands and like this community, like that was real. Yeah, it's experiential, right? It's yeah. like a it's like a tribal thing or something. It's like a, yeah, these people are all like you or they're all similar and like uh, maybe they're not like you as a person, but you like similar things. Yeah, and so you feel this affinity to like. And the the exclusivity of it exactly. is like only the so many people know about what's going on right now. We're a part of this thing. This is pretty unique. It's pretty different, right? You know. And there's those those shows always mean more to me. You know. Yeah. The, the, and ever since they leave I a more think, lasting impression, probably. Yeah. And going to them from a young age, like it just ruined concerts for me. I think like big scale concerts, even if I love them. Unless band. the show's like incredibly amazing. Yeah. Because like, I've been to some of those too, where I'm like, 
Man, they really yeah, put you on got a show. Credit. I mean, I go. It's just like I enjoy the little ones so much more. Like, well, it's on a, like on um, a deeper level. I, I've been in a few like uh, hip hop keeps coming up, but I've been in a few hip hop shows, and it is boring when like it's just a DJ and you got guys running around. You know, like mm-hmm. I like the dudes who actually come with a band, sure. and like you get to see them interpret it with the band. Yeah, you know um, like that's pretty unique and that's pretty cool. And and a live band just yeah. vibes different. Like live music speaks different than you just pressing play on something. It's like I just listen to record, man. Like I've seen you in person, but you know I saw Ice Especially Cube and he's like with the DJ, yeah. and it's like I get DJs like a thing, and that's how the music was created. But like to tour, you gotta like spice it up and do something different to like have people want to come out and see it. So when some Guys come out with big live bands and stuff. I mean, that's super cool. I, I agree with I you. I actually saw, um, I like a lot of like uh, Motown and soul music and stuff. And um, oh, yeah. I saw uh, Mayor Hawthorne. Okay. He's from Detroit. Yeah. Uh, and he was kind of on this, there was almost like this underground, again, looking for the underground oh, stuff. See? He got bigger, obviously, but he did. He was kind of this underground guy doing it. Um, and I liked a lot of other guys like him, like Alan Stone and some other guys like who, who's not pop. A lot, most of these guys got popular because their music. Well, they're legit though. Well, and their music is like leaning popular. Like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's accessible, mm-hmm. right? It is. Um, yeah, it's, it's, tol- it's, it's tolerable. Not, yeah. uh, for most people. It's not um, too the mutilated by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Yeah. yeah, people can digest it. So, but I, I was into that little underground, and Nashville was big on that. Like they had a big like underground Motown scene and obviously Detroit too That's being so the cool. home I of Motown shit, yeah. so it's cool to find like so cool. the underground dudes doing it like as traditional as like they could was done yeah. yeah and so there was like a cool vibe to that so I went and saw him live like years ago had it been like seven years ago maybe and he put on like a show and it was like it was like one of the better shows I had seen at the time um, because he like did it, like it was a performance. It wasn't right. just like him playing songs and like I'd gotten bored with the metal stuff actually because you know, you see the same thing all the time. And you yeah, see some guy go, the next song is old, old you know, this next song is called, you <laughs> yeah. know, whatever. And you're like, All yeah. right, this guy's gonna headbang the whole time and this true. I do like to be immersed in some kind of experience unless there's the occasion that the band's just so goddamn good that it just blows you away. You could, yeah. But it's very slim. Right. Um so unfortunately, yeah, you're you're playing live. You need something extra to like help you stand out. And so when there's the image thing, or the, whether there's some visual piece, or just an amazing light show, or like something to help you stand out, you have to have something these days. I think to like you got to remember it's a performance still. Like I get like the the true grit of just like guys getting up on t-shirts and going up. That's cool, but like you better be friggin' amazing then. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I'm not saying any dragons flying out of your speakers or anything, but I'm saying like, like, and I love Pantera, so like the whole like, ripped jeans and whatever, and get up there and just do it, great. But they were amazing band, you know. And so, I think uh, the last band that blew my socks off like that, I was actually Running Sound. It was Black Breath, and I. You familiar with Black no, Breath? No, oh, Black Breath. Yeah. You need to listen to Black Breath. I don't think so. Anyway. It's funny because they were like an up and coming band, and I feel like I don't know if they broke up or they just slowed down, but. Um, they've fallen off the last like five years, but they were like the hottest thing for a minute. Okay, and, and, and up and coming band. Yeah, you missed it, but you yeah. need to get on it because uh, it's, it's it a out. great train. I'm in. And uh, I was doing sound for them in the Pirates Cove, right? The yeah. Peabody's, and they had like full stacks. Okay, so yeah. for those who don't know what that is, most of you guys know is uh, a guitar cabinet, right? It's four speakers in a cabinet. 
a full stack is what they call two cabinets, like usually on top of each other. Yeah. So it's very pretty cool. intimidating. Most very people only cool. tour with half stacks. Yeah, we get Slayer's got like stacks and stacks and stacks, right? I should say Slayer's a good balance of theatrical and just raw. Like, well, and they, and, they're, their and they crush live. They're they just amazing. Their, yeah. yeah, it's like awe-inspiring performances, and right? it's just stacks and fire, and that's like... Well, yeah, I was impressed with Dark Throne, actually. Or, I'm not Dark... I keep saying Dark Throne. Dark Throne has never played live. Dark Funeral. I saw them in Quebec City when I was there. And, uh, cool. you know, it's like really minimal theatrics, but because of their look... And because of their light show and because of their sound, it was mm-hmm. impressive and it was a good show. Um, They're well, cool. It was it was it was pleasing. Like I was I was entertained. Right. You that's, know, that's to a point. Nice. Yeah. It gets old after a while, but you're entertained. You know, and obviously, then if you know the songs, all that builds into it. Helps. It. Yeah. Um, but Black Breath, when I was doing something, number one, Pirates Cove for those of you who don't know is a tiny room. And the stage is small. And so for full stacks on there, it's already ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah. And they had these old heads, you know, these old amplifiers, like so vintage, cool. like, and super loud. And the oh, drummer, drummer's really basic. He had double bass kit, but just like bare minimum everything, just a couple cymbals, like no, no crazy metal setup, you know, just pretty basic, bare bones. And um, when they started playing, number one, the guitars were so loud, I couldn't put them through the monitors. Because it was just so loud. Like, I just kept them out of the monitors completely. And that's not, like, anything new, but... Right, well... It was just so friggin' loud. That's crazy. So I'm pumping the drums through, and I'm putting the vocals through, and the bass through, whatever. But they were... It was literally, like... Uh, I don't know if you remember that, like, famous photo where, like, the guy's in the chair like this. Yeah, And he's listening sure. to the speaker, and this is, like, blowing him away. That's how I felt, like, away. completely blown away. Like, this is so intense right now. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's rare. You know who else did that? And this is a little embarrassing... Because it's not anything that I typically listen to. But Suicide Silence was like that, too. Okay. Um, I believe that, though. We were on the same... We had the same management when I was in Abigail Williams. So we were friends... I was friends with all those guys. Yeah, I've seen them a bunch. They're, they were around for a while there. Yeah, and know? they were getting really popular, yeah, obviously, at one they point. Were, they were tight live. I mean, even if you weren't into it, like they, they gave it their all. And they, so know. we were good friends with them because we were on the same management. and Super okay. awesome guys, super fun guys. I just wasn't like a huge fan of like my core guy. Yeah, you know, I'm, a, I'm a traditionalist. Sure, but they're still great guys. And yeah. um, Ken from Abigail Williams, he was living in Cleveland at the time. Um, you know, close to close to the venue actually, and he was doing Sound of Peabody's too. And uh, he he ran Suicide Silence Sound that night, and Ken's like amazing engineer. And I was so blown away with how they sounded. Partially Ken's doing, partially the band's doing. Sure, band has to be doing it first for Ken to get it to where it could go. But I was, like, so impressed with the sound. This is when Mitch was still alive. Yeah. I was just like, holy shit. It was this juggernaut. It's similar to seeing Cannibal Corpse live. Right. When you see Cannibal Corpse live, it's a a force. It's a machine. They sound... They're one of the most crushing-sounding bands live ever. Yeah. Like, I think they sound so amazing and every time I've seen them they've sounded so amazing they never get old I've never seen a bad show or have no them. and they don't even do anything they're, they just know what they're doing though. right That's but you it. know what I mean like that yeah. here's a perfect example of like guys that just stand there literally old man metal just standing there like yeah, moving and their heads a little bit shorts and just fucking kill it when you got you got corpse grinder going mental you know with this yeah. windmills but like they're all big guys and it just looks yeah. super intimidating. It's badass, yeah. And they sound so powerful that it's like undeniable. You just gotta just like stand there with your mouth on the floor because yeah, it's, it's so just kind intense. Of like a paralysis, just watching them. And yeah. Napalm Death is similar in that way, 
you know they always say like uh, Motorhead's like the loudest band you've ever heard. Napalm kill your lawn. Yeah. yeah. Napalm Death is the loudest band I think I've ever heard. And Barney's a maniac on stage. He's very much like a a punk or hardcore guy. Yeah, I, yeah, that makes total sense. And that's There's awesome that to watch. So not only do they it. have, yeah, and not only do they have like this the sonic force of like a Cannibal Corpse where it's blowing you away, but they have the the intensity on stage too still even being old like because Barney's going mental um, so like those bands have just figured it out like again they're not doing anything special they have great lights and great sound but they've been around long enough and they've been doing it long enough and the music's right and they just crush man you know? just tight yeah yeah there's something to be said for just a really good tight band maybe a little theatrics but nothing crazy just to like yeah so there's, a, there's only like wrong. a handful of those bands so that really like still blow you away there's yeah, so many that are much. in the middle where it's like yeah they're good you know yeah but it was just like eh. or the bands that like like i kind of feel this way about growing up i love behemoth um i think the first record i got by them was demigod mm-hmm. and then you know their growth from demigod to like uh, apostasy then evangelia and then like the satanist and like that's like a huge leap you right. know, for them but like i kept feeling like they're good but like every time i see them it's like that was the same exact thing I saw last time. And well, like, their theatrics just, are you know, huge, theatrics, right? Yeah, and they're huge. But like after you see it like six times, it's like, okay, I get it. They're behemoth. I'm good. For yeah. One, for like ever, you know? <laughs> I would say I've never really, like, uh, I've never really been on the boat, man. Like I nah. love their imagery. I think they do an amazing, they have like a, a whole like, I don't know if it's their own staff or like a company that they hire, but that pretty much like sets them up with all that, like. And like yeah, researches we, stuff, so it's like accurate and like stuff like that. Yeah, I always thought they were badass because of that. Well, they look fantastic yeah. and everything's great, but the music never resonated with me. Like, um, we can use Dimmu Borgir as an example. That band always resonated with me way more. Now they're kind of like floating outside, like they're getting old or whatever. Experimental. But oh, not expert, but like, like they're it's overdone. Like, yeah. like people are over it. Mm. But they were the forefront of that whole symphonic thing for so long, and the best by far to me. That like, uh, and then when their imagery got better, when they got more money, you know, like everything. And they were always the most black metal too. Like they weren't like every lame. Like they were like. But Cradle feels lame. Yeah, Cradle feels lame. Like, They're super lame. Like, not lame. I don't think. But Dimmu never got lame, and the music was always super heavy, super tight. They were always amazing live, you know. Yeah. And their shows just got better and better. They always up the ante. Whereas about Behemoth, the the material was never strong enough to me. Like some songs, I think are fantastic. Mm-hmm. They almost always wrote. They never got. Their early, early, early material was all black metal. Mm-hmm. Then on Satanica, yeah, they started mixing metal. that death metal in. And yeah. I, I started really listening to them on Satanica. I'm a little older, that, so... That's a, yeah, that makes sense. That's when I got into... That's a cool sound, though. That's to them hard. different tone of that record. Just harsher. But I started really following them then. Yeah. I have yeah. the older records, too, but I was like, who cares? Yeah. Uh, but when Satanica came out, like yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, this is different. And then I kept following them. But every album I got, it was only like I liked a couple songs. It wasn't ever like this whole album's Huge amazing. Yeah, Satanic, yeah. The, the Satanist was probably the most complete album they ever wrote. Yeah, that one's really good. But but other than that, I, I can I'd say, oh yeah, I love that song, I love that song, I love that song. But I don't ever felt like any of their albums really like pulled at me like some other bands. Like Dimmu, I could say like, oh yeah, all of Death Called Armageddon or all of Throwing Darkness or all like all those songs are dope. Whereas like Behemoth, I could pick a few out and be like, hey, yeah, makes the sense. rest is okay. They work hard though. Yeah, I gotta respect that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I respect I them. Yeah. I just like I said personally, I just never got no, on the I'm bandwagon. With, I'm with you for sure. Yeah. Um, what band did it for you that made a jump from like whatever you were into to like you're into extreme metal? 
Oh, uh, well, I, I can pinpoint it, I think. So the first metal I got into was Anthrax. Okay. Got, like, I'm a man cassette, I think. Pretty cool. And then um, Metallica, pretty much right after that. And then obsessed with Metallica, like, obsessed. I was, like, 10 years it's old. It's pretty so. typical. I yeah, mean, yeah. That for sure. It was, like, my cousin introduced me to it. Because, like I said, I grew up in a black area, so no one was listening to it. But he was, <laughs> he was like, in the in the country, whatever. And I, I like, idolized my cousin when I was... You know, yeah. he's like five, six years older than me. Cool, cool dude. Listen to metal, you know. Uh-huh. So he would like show me stuff. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. So he's to blame for all that. But uh, and now he doesn't even like listen. You know, he's like Mr. Mainstream, whatever. So it's just funny That's that like great how that works it's, out. Yeah. It transferred. You know, he ruined my life, but he's he's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, okay. so yeah, Metallica obviously forever, and then obviously Megadeth was obviously an easy next one because mm-hmm. they were right always alongside, and then. Um, I don't remember if I got into Slayer before Sepultura. I probably heard Slayer first, but Sepultura was right next to it, and I loved Sepultura more, even though at the time most people were just calling Sepultura Slayer clones, like Brazilian Slayer clones, okay, yeah. which I get now. At the time, I was like, they're so different. But right. um, but I could see Old Man Metal being like, oh yeah, they're just the they're new just Slayer. Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people see it different now, but at the time, even Kerry King was like, they're just ripping us off or whatever. I read it in some interviews. Yeah, um, yeah. That makes sense. And so it was those bands for a long time. And it's funny because I found like Subaltura at the library. Like, cool. used to go to the library and we, you could used to even check out like metal magazines. They only had like stuff like, um, so I subscribed to like Terrorizer. I subscribed to all the European magazines because they always had more extreme shit in them. Because the only magazine we had in the US that was worth anything was like Metal Maniacs. And there were some old ones, like uh, or smaller ones, like Pit, and like some other ones that were pretty underground. They weren't the easiest to find. Mm-hmm. Metal Maniacs was the most you could find at like any bookstore. Okay. But they were mixed with like black and white pages, like kind of like newspaper and some color pages. Terrorizer was like number one. It was like a bigger size. It was amazing quality. It was all this super underground, extreme stuff I'd never heard of. That kind of stuff. But most, it's funny. Besides the European magazines, and I was getting the European magazines when I was like 13, 14. And so, you know, because um, I want to say it was like Barnes and Noble and Borders have it just become a thing. And they were bringing in all kind of weird stuff. And so I could find them there, but they were imported. So they were like super expensive magazines, especially at the time. My mom was like, there's no way I'm buying these $10 magazine or whatever. You know, but, you know, they ended up doing it. And yeah. the descriptions were like, 80 bucks which was like unheard of at the right, time right right but you had to import it from the UK Interesting. but I Interesting. always got the UK magazines Metal Hammer and Terrorizer oh, I yeah. had subscriptions too and stuff yeah, yeah so I have a good. giant Before Terrorizer the internet, collection just, yeah. and then I listened to we had some great local um, college radio shows okay cool and so back in the day you would um, <laughs> those uh, multi-use stereos boom boxes were a thing you know like I don't know if you had them but they were like um no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, they're like I don't know what you call them. It was like just like a like it had all like, in one thing. Yeah, yeah all in one. It had like two, the two tapes, CD on the top, yeah. rotating, made radio if you wanted it, whatever. Right. So I would listen to, and I had just gotten one or whatever. It was brand new, because before that was just like literally the boombox. Okay. And you'd put on the radio, but then you could like record from the radio on a cassette. That's tight. Yeah. And so I would just record the shows, um, and then I would listen back and like figure out who those bands were that I liked. Oh, and like cool, just man. start seeking them out and so there's shows that I remember like date it's one called Dave Man's Lost he's still doing it which is crazy um, 
but I learned a lot of the extreme stuff then. And actually, it was funny because the first extreme band I heard was Cannibal Corpse. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the Ace Ventura thing. Oh, okay. Which would have been, what, 93? 93, I believe. So what's funny is, it was like around, uh, that came out in the summer. Or maybe spring. You heard him from the movie? Like you saw the movie? No. Okay. But damn near, damn near the same time. Okay. So what happened was, we were going to some fireworks show, it was like 4th of July. Okay. And Ace Ventura had run its course in um, theaters, but it had just come out on video or whatever. And I hadn't seen it in the theater. So, um... Maybe they were just about to play it on TV. They used to have like the big TV premiere of the movie, like NB- on NBC or something. And they played on like Saturday night and whatever for families, or whatever. So anyway, but it was coming out on cassette too, whatever. Okay. So we were going to this fireworks show. I was with my cousin and his mom, um, and she is funny because she was in like goth rock bands when I was growing up. So we would like work merch for her too. So I have this whole like goth industrial thing like that I like too from that. Gone but anyway. Yeah. Respect. So I was like 13, 14, whatever it was. Yeah. And we go to this. She's like, all right, we're going to go to this guy's house. And we're, from his house, we're going to walk to where the fireworks are. It's like real close. So we go to her friend's house, Frank, who she used to make music with. Now his son, I think it's Frank Jr., he was a metalhead. And he was like 16 or 17. And we were like 13, 14. And so they're like, oh, yeah, go go see Frank. He's upstairs in his room, blah, blah, blah. And we'd never met him before. But we went up there, long hair, you know, metalhead, whatever. Um, listening to some crazy shit when we got up there he's like hey guys what do you like you know and we're telling him like kind of your basics like Metallica Sepultura Slayer you know and he's like oh that's cool that's awesome he's like we ever heard this and so he asked us about Pantera and I had not heard Pantera up to this point and so he put in uh, uh, Far Beyond Driven I don't think was out yet but no it wasn't out yet uh, so Vulgar Display had been out in 92 I think so he put in Vulgar Display and we were like whoa because we never heard anything like that before and with those yeah, that, vocals that's definitely more harsh well, yeah, to, we yeah, we were just away. blown away. Like this is amazing, and it was right in our wheelhouse because like all those bands, mm-hmm. it wasn't too extreme where it was like over our head. It was like just in the path we were on. Sure. So we were like, this is incredible. Like it was a natural next step. For bookmarked you that yeah. immediately. Like I have to get this record, and then because um, it was just that next evolution of like where metal was going. Yeah, it was, like, absolutely. So man. intense. That's exciting though. So this mix of hardcore metal kind of, uh-huh. and then. Um, he was like, what about this? And he played us Cannibal Corpse. And then we were like, minds completely blown. <laughs> yeah. Never heard growling before. Was it like too It sounded scary. No, the bleeding had just come out. Okay. Like it was new, brand new. Oh, yeah. So I guess he probably got that week or something. That's insane. And so the riffs too were all scary. Like all the trills and stuff. Yeah. And like he's playing Staring Through the Eyes of the Dead. And we're just like, what the hell is going on? I don't even think we knew what to think. We were just so in shock by it like there's music that exists like this like what is happening Stuff right now sound like this it's so insane it's so loud. intense yeah and he was actually into super intense like evil like reggae or something gangster reggae sweet and so he played us some of that i wish i could remember what some of that was that, it was that was really intense too and i'd never heard anything like it i'd be really um, interested in that yeah yeah it was, <laughs> it was really weird man so then uh that that night okay so this was during the day when we went to the fireworks whatever go back and we're, you know, you're young, you have a sleepover, so you're up super late, whatever. Yeah. So they were playing Ace Ventura on TV, like, at night. Wow. And we watched, or either that or we rented it, I don't remember. Okay. But it was on. And so we're watching it, it's hilarious, loving it. And then all of a sudden this band comes on, and we're like, 
and we didn't get a visual on the camera. You know, he was like playing cassette, like uh, at his house. You know, sure. so we had no visual. I mean, this is like oh, you're like that's fucking cannibal. Was thirteen? I mean, that was well, I'm thirty eight. It was a long time ago. Yeah. So uh, he's growling and all these things. I'm like. Is that Cannibal? Is that the same band this guy played us? Dude, like, how weird is it? Would that be? And so we couldn't wait to get to the credits. I think it was on TV because I think we were like waiting to get to the credits. We couldn't fast forward. So we like watched those credits and we saw it come up. We're like, how insane is that? That we hear them for the first time today. Freaky, and then we just saw them. And then I had to get it. So the funniest part about this is I got my grandma to buy me Cannibal Corpse the Bleeding. And think of what the hell she was thinking. When I was like, Grandma, can you give me this Cannibal Corpse cassette? And like we were at the mall at Camelot Music or whatever. And she's looking at Cannibal Corpse. Luckily, the bleeding didn't have like any crazy cover. Yeah. Because that would not have I was going to say, then you, you nailed that. And that she, get me the, she got me the censored version. Because if she looked at the lyrics, it's like, fuck with a knife. Like, yeah. my grandma, my Italian grandma was like 60 years old. Like, give <laughs> yeah, me dude, I don't hilarious. know, man. She loved me, man. She got me that cassette, which is so insane. Dude. That's and so cool. my version is like when you open the J card of the cassette, it pretty much said you like you had to write in to get the lyrics sent to you. Okay. It was like this is a censored version. Like to get the lyrics, please write to this. We'll send you out the what a, regular what a cool version. Thing. Good for them. Yeah. Well, it was cool. It was a way yeah. for Metal Blade to get around it, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, good for them. Yeah, that's the, that's my extreme that's bit. So that's like fate almost. That you saw Cannibal Corpse on the same day. Yeah, I mean, like, serendipitous. That, that, that's that's crazy. And uh, my Italian grandmother uh, made buy me for my first record that I wanted to like go out and buy because I was into uh, like Rob Zombie and shit. Was the oh. first White Zombie album, uh, yeah. Lost Exorcist, of the Devil's Music Volume One, and she yep. took me to Fye and she was like, "You fucking kidding me? You want me to buy you this?" And I was like, "Please." <laughs> she did. So there you go, Italian grandma saving the day. Man. Yeah, twice. That, yeah, twice. It's pretty rad. And then it's all downhill from there, man. Yeah. And then yeah, I was right. deep in it, yeah, but but it's, it's funny because when I was I got into Cannibal Corpse hard, right? Yeah. But then as I was listening to these college radio shows where they were playing like Mortician and all these super like real underground, like I couldn't, I don't even think my brain could like separate the guitar from it. Like it just sounded like this noise coming at me, where it was hard for me to digest until I started hearing it. You know, because mm-hmm. back then, number one, you never heard anything like it. Number two, the recordings were shit. Um, and you know you can go back and listen to that stuff and go yeah that was raw and people want to sound like that now because That's cool. they they have an affinity to that yeah. but when you're hearing it for the first time never having heard any music like that before in your whole life you go like what yeah it was the same you know and so I, was, I didn't get it I was actually it. afraid yeah I think the first time I heard it like I liked the album artworks and yeah shit, right I loved, like Evil Dead like all those movies exactly I was so into, me too I was like um, all the full moon movies yeah. and all that stuff and yeah. so like Scream Bloody Gore like I thought that shit was awesome Obituary like I like loved all the imagery I just didn't totally get down with like it was like when I heard it like it was almost like I was looking over my shoulder like I don't even know if I should be allowed to, right like, well I this, wanted to like it you know? because of everything else and I'm like I don't know like I I'm not hearing it, you know, like, yeah. and then once I started, like, being able to, like, discern everything and discern the vocals yeah. and, like, be able to hear what they were saying, then and you get it. I was like, ah, oh. I'm, I'm like, it's like a puzzle, it's like, it's all sinking in and piecing out for me, sorry if you hear my baby crying in the background, that might be the it's sign for so, us to wrap up, yeah, but. no, dude, that's cool, um, yeah, so we'll just end with a, end with a few fun questions then, I, sure. I always have, uh, so, uh, Give me. I know this is kind of like an on-the-spot question when people always ask, "What's your favorite? What's your top five or whatever?" But uh, if you had had to choose five record, five records, 
extreme metal records. We'll say in the vein of death metal since we're since this is a death metal episode. What are your top five? You, you can either you can even go bands. Yeah, bands might be easier because it's really difficult. Because um, I love so many for different reasons. Yeah. Um, and there's so many little niches. Like it's hard. Do you want me to include like melodic death metal? Do I not include melodic yeah. death metal? Do I? That I th- I say yes. I say include whatever whatever you want. Because that's difficult, you know. Because uh, well, Cannibal Corpse would probably be number one. I would say it's my Cannibal Corpse. I'll, I'll give you mine if that makes. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. All right. Obituary, Cannibal Corpse. Just because I've evolved to like like obituary sound more. Like I like the sludgy. Like oh, I love. Like, I, I've always loved that. Like even though Cannibal Corpse got me into it. I ended up listening to Obituary more. Cause of I Death. Love Obituary. I thought, yeah, I uh, when I was like fourteen, a bit, Cause of Death was like the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Of, of course, like, yeah. A bit, it, I mean, it's just the standard Obituary, Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel have to be the top three, and then I like Watain a lot. I got into them a lot for black, okay. black metal, and um, I would have to say probably Napalm Death. Yeah, Honestly, I mean, ours are, like, ours are very similar. Not, yeah. I think the only ones I'd be subbing out is uh, Morbid Angel would be in there for me. I mean, Obituary, Cannibal Corpse, and Morbid Angel for sure. Yeah. Um, it's hard, I know. I have pro, you know. Napalm Death would be in there for sure. Really like Fool of Hell too. I've been listening to them like so much since I've gone yeah, into them noisy. recently. Yeah, yeah noisy like stuff. That, I love that like chaotic, like Napalm Death inspired right. grind, but like also incorporating the industrial and the... They, they're doing a lot that's just complete chaos. Yeah. I just, I love, uh, I like yeah. people pushing boundaries. A lot like of auditory assault, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think we like music that's challenging to listen to. Yeah. And we almost like force ourselves to like, maybe if we're not force ourselves to like it, but force ourselves to listen enough to like give it the opportunity of whether or not we like it or not. Right. And I think that's the thing with all metalheads for the most part. Some people could listen to something and go, I hate this shit and whatever, and they're just closed minded anyway. But for people like us that are always seeking more new and all kind of things, sometimes you see a cover and you want to like it just based on the cover and you just hope, like, I hope I like this. It happens or, all the time. You know, there, there's stuff that I bought back in the day before you could listen online and before there was online, before all that. We would, like, order through catalog or whatever. And a lot of times those mail order catalogs just had lists. And you just look at a cool name. Sometimes there's no pictures, you know, and you just go, man, I hope this album's awesome. And you, right. I remember I ordered an album from like a mail order catalog and the band was called Drown. It was like an industrial band. That's sweet though. Uh, it's actually uh, Blasco, the bass player. Oh, played with Rob's, it was his band. Cool. Blasco's band. Interesting. Um, but I got it and it was cool. Yeah. But my friend had gotten, uh, my cousin, same cousin, we found Cannibal Corpse together. Nice. He got Corn self-titled album. Oh, wow. And it was um, no one had heard of them. They had not blown up. They were in like a mag, like some like order catalog. They looked all weird with the dreads and we, you know all the weirdness. And uh, we heard that and we went, "What is that?" Because that was so different at the time too. Um, so while I don't listen to that anymore, at that time, it definitely struck us because it was so different than everything else that was happening. Now it's all just watered down, whatever. Yeah. But uh, and even to go back to that album and just. It doesn't give you the same feeling. But uh, I will say at the time, I, I really wanted my drown to be the, like, you wanted to win. You wanted you to have did. the better record, you, you know? You didn't win. I didn't win. <laughs> did the record win. was okay, but Corn was, like, so like. insanely different. And obviously, they changed yeah. heavy music yeah. for the worse, probably. Uh, for but they sure. But they changed it. They did. And uh, Slipknot, the first one, was huge for me, too. I was, like, these nine leather faces just screaming. Me, like, too, insane. actually. Yeah. And I don't. 
I think because I'm a drummer and the drums are so insane at the time for like a more, it was like almost like death metal drumming in a more like melodic metal sense, like or yeah, more of like a tamed down metal sense, like more accessible metal sense. But again, this is me just liking everything, like you said. Like we all kind of like. You want to be that quote unquote cool guy and only like the most (laughs) yeah. You know, it's, it's like, but come on, man. We're just yeah. human. Like, I mean, yeah, my top five bands are very, you know, yeah, yeah mainstream yeah. and the underground. You know, Depeche Mode is one of my favorite bands of all time, and it has nothing to do with metal, you know. So it's like, isn't Killing Joke your favorite band? Yeah, yeah I mean, they're, I would say Depeche Mode, Killing Joke, they're all they're all in there, you know. That's and awesome. so, uh, th- those are just things that speak to me. That's you know? awesome, man. So, well, you're great, dude. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it, man. That's been fun. You know, it's nice to get different questions and. Just have a conversation. You know? That's yeah, and to get our uh, point of views out there, you right now, and our you know the actual intent behind your work is awesome, and you know I think we resonate in a lot of ways, man. I really I do too. This I agree, thing. man. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Anytime, um, I'm sure we'll be collaborating more in the future on certain things and yeah, giveaways sure. and some fun stuff. So yeah, look forward to. All right, man. Cool. That's it. Thank you, brother. Cheers. Hell yeah, man.